The name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the man. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice train. <laughs> it is Double Oz 7, a James Bond podcast coming to you today for an episode six years in the making. It's the redux of the redux, that's not it. Redux of the recap, the recap of the recaps, something like that. We're back to recap and close out the Daniel Craig era. We are here to recap the 2006s to the 2021s. We previously did the 2006s to the 2015s, but we've got one more movie to add, so why not bring it back? That was episode 38, 74 episodes ago, and now here we are at episode 112, so a lot has happened. We're excited, we're pumped, we're ready, and I'm excited that I'm not alone this time around. I've got two people here with me, I think, maybe. One of them is probably... You, you weren't soon. alone last time, either. Well, I mean, I was at the beginning and the end. If you'd listened to the bloody episode, you idiot. Um, but, um, That's what we say to all our listeners. You look at the bloody episode. Today God, on the bloody continue. Ben interviews himself. I can see that happening. <laughs> ben, tell us why Die Another Day is so great. Well, Ben, thank you very much. It's such a pleasure. Uh, we are here to, yes, basically recap the Daniel Craig era and uh, bring it all to a close. And we are excited. Well, one of us is. The other two don't even know what we're doing here. My name is Ben and hello, pussy. And my name is Colin and I still don't understand what he wanted to do with that little finger. And my name is Nora, and I would rather slip my wrist than be here today. Hmm, <laughs> rodents. Um, yeah, well, we're back from the dogs. Quantum of uh, Quantum of Souls. Yeah, no one gets to talk about that again. Uh, it's it's weird to do this episode in a way because basically if you're a new listener to 007, welcome to the shit show that this is. Uh, when we started and we did all the recaps, obviously at that time we had 24 films, uh, 23 films and obviously Spectre came out when we are at the end there. And what we would do at the end of every single decade, we would recap that decade. So we obviously did a 60s one, a 70s one, an 80s one. Then for Brosnan, we did recapping the 90s to the 2002. And then with the Craig era at that time, we did just his era of films. And we did a lot of jokes <laughs> in that episode about, oh, and in three years' time when Bond returns, it's going to be Idris Elba in Flittermouse. Because <laughs> we obviously didn't know if Craig was coming back. Fast forward six years later, and we are now able to talk about this. I did have to laugh in re-listening to the episode again today. Noah's hilarious jokes about how that was peak 007 back in 2016 and about that was the funniest we'll ever be. And you literally say, Noah, in five years' time, if you're listening to us, tell us this, this is the funniest thing ever. When we were joking about Sam Smith saying he was the first openly gay man to win an Oscar. Very fresh. Back in 2016. Hilarious. We're getting lots of feedback on that now five years later. So much. So much. (laughs) But uh, so we obviously that's what we would do at the end of our era. Now we officially know we're at the end of the Craig era. So we're essentially going to do what we did in that episode, but not to the extent. This isn't going to be six hours, people, like our last episode. I Famous last words think we can keep this in under an hour, but I I doubt that. But we'll see how we go. (laughs) 
basically just time to get to this time. Exactly. Adding some additional stuff from that one. But I want to start off by just going around the room. I think we just give our overall thoughts on the Craig era initially. We're going to discuss things and go over things and everything and that sort of stuff. Obviously, you two didn't really listen to the episode today. I don't know if you did. That was six years ago, so you probably can't even remember what you two said last time about Daniel Craig era. Uh, I'm not even going to start this time. I, I'm, I'm just going to go around the room and, and just give your initial impressions. Now that the Craig era is over, where does it stand in Bond history? How are you feeling about it ending? Etc. 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 Spectre, etc. Um... Yeah, I'm uh, somebody else that died five years ago. All right, uh, so I funny anymore. We don't mention them. <laughs> I, I I know I've I've always been the biggest defender of Craig um, and this whole era, uh, but I I, I kind of feel like you know, it's it's different. It it stands alone, separate from the other Bond movies. But it's funny as you were kind of running through, uh, you know, we did the '60s era, then '70s era, and then we did the '80s era, and then we did the Brosnan era. I mean, really, it just sort of was luck that those other eras were all by the decade. But if you were to take, I say, the 60s era and compare it to the the 80s era, I mean, those movies are wildly different as well. Obviously, this is the biggest departure we've had in James Bond as far as style and everything goes. And I do think that they... I'm not going to say it's hit and miss, you know, because every Bond era is hit and miss. Uh, You're not going to find a five-movie stretch without at least one stinker in there. But... uh, I feel like they they did a lot of things that worked and then people wanted something different despite it working. You know, it, it's weird that uh, as much as everybody loved Casino Royale, it's like they immediately wanted something different for the next one. And then people loved Skyfall and they immediately wanted something different for the next one. So I think we're just living in such a weird, different age where people are constantly just maybe being overly critical or, or you know, always wanting something different uh, that it feels like we've kind of had a lot of criticism, but at the same time, Noah, you kind of said it best, you know, heading into no time to die. Like everybody you talked to, like Daniel Craig, this was their James Bond. And people loved the Daniel Craig era, the way that people loved the Sean Connery era back in the sixties or the Moore era in the seventies or more, more era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> more era. The more era in the eighties. <laughs> oh, that's one. That's one. Uh, that's a bad fact. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like I I feel like as much as this era has changed and they're like, oh, it almost feels like, oh, we're just trying to get it right. But I don't think it's that. I mean, because Casino Royale got it right. It's just that they wanted something different. It's just, the, the styles of the movies can tend to be a little all over the place compared to what Moore had, which was pretty consistent. But I feel like No Time to Die is the perfect ending. And uh, as much as I loved two out of the four movies leading into this, uh, No Time to Die in a way makes me appreciate even the two that I didn't love. Uh, not saying they go up in my rankings, but I, I really like the way that everything's tied together here. And they don't tie together in a way that is so overwhelming the way I think we feared it would be. You know, if you really compare this to something like the the Spectre uh series of films that they did, I mean, we have just as many ties to that. It's, it's, all I'm saying is it's different but I feel like we couldn't have hoped for a better finale that gave everybody a little bit of what they wanted and also found a way to have this cohesive storyline that wasn't overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will have some positive things to say about Craig 
that I can't remember what I said on the last episode. Um, later on, when we talk about Craig, uh, he's still probably not moving in my rankings, but I will have some more positive things to say about him. This era doesn't do it for me still. I like No Time to Die, but this is not it. This is not James Bond. I, uh, we can sit here and gush over No Time to Die, and uh, I really like No Time to Die, and I agree with Colin. It is the perfect ending. Um, but if I really reflect on the era, it it's not. It doesn't do it for me. Um, and it is almost kind of weird to view it as an era because I don't think it gets enough criticism or even just enough comment for how inconsistent this era really is like Casino Royale through to No Time to Die are completely different films and we have the Casino Royale then we have Quantum of Solace which is like that terrible sequel direct after bullshit and then we have Skyfall where suddenly Craig is this aging guy who Casino Royale was bomb begins and then suddenly the third film he's the aging agent who's uh, out of his league, blah, 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 blah. And then we come back for Spectre and he kind of rides off into the sunset and then uh, No Time to Die, he's dying. What? Uh, it, it is so... In- <laughs> it's so tonally inconsistent. The five films, none of them are consistent. And the storyline is so inconsistent. With it, It's basically the Star Wars sequel trilogy, except for James Bond, there's such low stakes. Like, we don't care if a James Bond film is really inconsistent because it doesn't really matter. While we do care about The Last Jedi. Uh, but so it's basically like that. It feels just so like, oh, we're going one way, but then we're diverting to this way, then we're diverting to that way, and then we're diverting that way. And it, it feels like they wanted this connection thing, but there was no sort of plan. It was just making it up as it went along. And as I said, it doesn't really matter for James Bond, but... For for the era that was so well connected, it seems to me so disconnected. Uh, there's a lot to love fr- from it, and there's a lot of praise to be given to it. But I I do think in 10, 20 years, maybe it look it doesn't age as well as Colin was saying. This is so many people's bond, and people are so fond of this era. I don't think it probably ages as well, but. Stay tuned for episode 4 million of 007 and we'll review that in 18 years. I I think it's a great point you make about the inconsistency and it's weird to think that because, I mean, this is the most connected era of James Bond we've ever had in the fact that this is literally point A to point B is a connected story. And, you know, we've talked about, yeah, each of the other eras are connected in their own ways, but... I mean, if you're watching Dr. No and then Diamonds Are Forever, there's not really connections outside of the fact that, you know, there's Connery, you know, yeah, you get his wife brought up here or there. I mean, but I mean, even like the Brosnan films, like you got a couple of characters who come back, but I mean, you know, there's no real connection from Die Another Day to, to Goldeneye in terms of the story. Um, whereas obviously all of the Craig ones are all connected. I, I don't like, I see what you're saying with the Star Wars ones, but. I think the Star Wars ones are way more all over the shop than the James Bond, the, the Craig era films. Like, I think that, yes, I agree with you, like, tonally and acceptant, like, Casino Royale and No Time to Die are completely different films, but 
I still think you can follow the story from Casino Royale to No Time to Die, understand it, and even if they are making it up as they go along, it still somewhat makes sense. Whereas, no, the Star Wars sequels make absolutely none. They're just stupid. Um, I, I, I think I'm still mainly with Noah in the fact that this is not my era. It's, I mean, like, it's weird to say some of the stuff I'm going to say in this because ultimately I have two Daniel Craig films in my top five, but it's, it's still just as an era as a whole. Like, it's not my era. Like, I, I still think this is just going to be its own beast. And obviously we'll talk about it either at the end of this episode or when we do a Who's the Next Bond episode about how they move on from here and what we're going to go for Bond 26 now that Bond's dead. I still stand by the fact that this is just its own five-film bit and then we just go into either a new era, new, new era, or, like, we just pick it up after what we had in Die Another Day. Um Craig doesn't go up in my rankings. I mean, I appreciate the man more as a as a person. I I like him and I grew to like his Bond better because I think his last two films really showed him as a James Bond to me. But again, I think that inconsistency just shows in the fact that he's just not a consistent Bond. You don't I don't know how you read him as James Bond because again, Casino Royale is such a different performance Agreed. to what he has in No Time to Die. Whereas I think Every other actor, you know who they are as James Bond. They don't really change. Even when they say Roger Moore was playing it like Sean Connery in his first two films, I still think he's still Roger Moore in those first two films and he's still kind of the same as he in A View to a Kill, just 50 years younger. So, yeah, I that's where it comes down to me. Um, and I, I think, Colin, as, as you were saying, like, this is just, it's not an error that you ever hear criticism for. And, like, it's, it's weird to think that because... I, we all grew up in Brosnan, and yeah, Brosnan really got all the praise back in the day. I don't really remember too much negativity against Brosnan, but within a year of Die Another Day, everyone was hating on Brosnan. Eh? He's too, like, fuck off, Brosnan. Whereas, like, with Daniel Craig, it was all like, oh my god, we can never leave. This guy should stay on forever. Um, so, like, I'm going to be really intrigued to see that if we are here in five years' time, if Craig will ever get hate, because I just, I feel like he just never gets criticised, and it's it's interesting to me, so... Yeah. You know, something something interesting. The one thing I'm going to say is uh, I, I think where I will disagree, even though I agree with what a lot of both of you are saying, the one thing I'm going to disagree on is that I don't think this is going to be looked back on, you know, um, or as it doesn't age well or that, um, you know, it's sort of going to be its own thing because really we have to look at what changed with movies before Casino Royale came out. It used to be okay where you could just do a standalone film like the Brosnan movies did. You know, Die Another Day, that was still technically okay, but what you really had during the early 2000s, all of the years leading up to Casino Royale, is you had the Star Wars prequel trilogy, you had the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and you had the Harry Potter movies that all decided we are going to, for the first time ever, nobody had been able to take a gamble like that before because you could never bank on a franchise's success that much where you could do that. Those three series told this never-ending story arc that just went on and on and on, and suddenly movies changed and all movies had to do the, the Bourne movies did the same thing at the same time, even though that if you look at the Bourne movies, it is also very much like James Bond. Like we didn't have a plan from the beginning. We're just saying this is how it's connected. Uh, and then you have really how television changes around the same time with shows like 24 coming out. And then now when you look at it, you can't even have, I don't know, a, a typical cop show that doesn't have some connecting story arc from the beginning of the season to the end of the Blue season. Blood? Is Blue Bloods really <laughs> not connected? That's my point. It's just serialized crap every single week. Manifest. Oh, no, oh, okay. <laughs> but but I, I mean, do. young children. 
<laughs> so much has changed with movies where I can't think of any sequel nowadays. Like I'm literally struggling to think of a single sequel that is just, Hey, this is the next adventure. Everything has to be tied to, you know, the Brett previous Cole? films. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Shrek. Do it more like Shrek, everybody. <laughs> more like, like if the Shrek. Craig era was more like the Shrek franchise, then I would be complaining less. It would be but, a better bond, like- Shrek or Daniel Craig. <laughs> but I feel like what we got out of these Craig movies is simply what, and I think because the franchise, the James Bond franchise has been around for so long, it feels like, oh, this is so different. But this is what every franchise has been. I mean, children's movies over the last 15 years have to have the same connecting story arc. And the second thing, as far as like the inconsistencies. Shrek <laughs> Shrek, <laughs> shut up about Shrek already. <laughs> um, but like, uh, as far as like the inconsistencies go, I think another thing that we should at least address is the, the massive gaps that they had in between these movies. I mean, a four-year gap between Quantum of Solace and Skyfall, a four-year gap, or I guess three-year gap between Skyfall and Spectre, a, I, I don't know, 19-year and counting gap between Spectre and uh, No Time to Die. There were massive gaps that, that existed, which kind of forced them to do a lot of this. Oh, well, this ha- is inconsistent now because when Daniel Craig is visibly air- aging, about five or six years. Uh, <laughs> you're right, Noah. Massive gaps was a rejected bond. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. My name is Massive Gaps. <laughs> Hi, I'm Massive. Massive Gaps. <laughs> gaps. Massive Gaps. Named after your mother, perhaps. <laughs> they, they don't make the movies like they used to. Massive Gaps would have been a bond girl. <laughs> Oh, I have massive gaps. This is my sidekick octopus's hole. Uh, <laughs> massive gaps. That's what it was like in the more era. <laughs> more, more era. Anyways, the, Sorry, the, the point is, I feel like when you've got five or six years in between movies, you almost have to have a lot of those inconsistencies because you do need to do a very different character because they need the, the storylines themselves would take place years apart. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that these movies, maybe to us, we feel like they're not going to age well or that, that oh, these are going to look that differently. But I have a feeling that things are just going to, in all movies, in all TV, it's just going to become even more obnoxiously interconnected. Roger, to the, Roger Moore, uh, <laughs> where we're going to be looking back on the Idris Elba era and we're going to be like, Wow, like, did they really need to tie in every single scene in every single movie and have every movie end on a cliffhanger? But do you, do you not feel like, and I don't know, I'm more wishful thinking, do you not feel like we are maybe slowly starting to drive away from that and we're sort of getting back to the sort of big budget blockbuster sort of just I, fun? I not think quite that- there, but it seems like there is a, a path where we're heading back to sort of fun yeah, well, I think, again, if you look at all the different eras uh, of Bond, they're reflecting the time period they're in, too. You know, the more era <laughs> was a lot of big stunts and silliness, which when you look at other franchises of the time, like Smokey and the Bandit or whatever, I mean, they were emulating those Shrek. in the 80s with, with Dalton. Smokey you know, and those... the Bandit reference on 007. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, more, when more the Smokey and the Bandit references. Come on. But when you look at, uh, you know, what they did with the Dalton movie, it was obviously a response to stuff like Dying of the Day, Miami Vice. Um, and 
then with the Craig movies, uh, the early ones was very born like I, I do feel like the tone of the movies is going to become a little bit more big budget, a little bit more ridiculous, maybe unfortunately more fast and the furious, like if, if it goes in the wrong direction. But as far as like these story arcs and this connecting a story from start to beginning, I honestly feel like that's just going to become even more extreme as time goes on. Uh, I, I hope think, you're wrong. Well, I think it's <laughs> As much as I hate to bring up the franchise, you just mentioned it, but I think a lot of the reason why The Fast and the Furious has been so successful is because it is the only real escapist franchise now, isn't it? It's kind of the only one where it is like what the Bond films used to be. It's like, let's just go watch some batshit crazy action, which is not believable and all has to be connected and whatever. Mission Impossible, maybe. But Mission Impossible feels more grounded than the. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever saw. The, it's the middle ground between Fast and the Furious and, you know. I don't know if I ever saw Tom Cruise Ford. driving like fast cars out of a skyscraper and going into space and talking about family. <laughs> I mean. I know. heard a rumor that the next Bond is going to be either Michelle Rodriguez or The Rocks. Oh, well. Oh, let's hope so. The Rock can do anything. <laughs> that man could be Bond. I could I could see Vin it. Vin Diesel? Put a wig on him? He could be yeah. Bond. <laughs> Uh, Paul Walker. Oh, well, sorry. Um, I <laughs> too soon, Ben. Too Paul soon. Walker's brother. <laughs> First Paul Walker oh, reference too, too. on Double Seven. Um, yeah, this is a, a groundbreaking episode. Look, it's it's interesting because it, it goes into that whole aspect of Collins. You're saying it's been such a, a long period between the, the first film and and the fifth. I mean. What, 15 years between five films? We had, what, five films in five years in the Connery era. Uh, you know, what did it take Roger Moore to get five films? Eight years, basically. So, you know, there's a big gap there. And literally, like, you talk about people grow up on a bond. Literally, people did grow up on Daniel Craig. Like, if you were born in the year 2000 and you're six years old when Daniel Craig started, you are now 21, 22. Like, that, that is literally growing up with one James Bond. I think we've had more Popes in that period than we have had James Bonds. Uh, yeah, well, I, had- was, uh, I was 11 when Craig started. Look at me now. Yeah, well, I, 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 one you're of the, the funny things... You're crotchety old man yourself. In the, um, in the Honest Trailer for No Time to Die, like, they make the reference to Mr. White, and they're like, I don't even remember him. Bush was still president when we first saw him. I mean, like, seriously. Like, I mean, that's had, what, three, four U.S. presidents? How many Colin had since Daniel Craig's I know. How many fiancés <laughs> and wives have I had? Like, it's just, um, it's, it, it just... How many dates have I had? Well, uh, <laughs> some numbers are lower than others. <laughs> it's um, it's just it's interesting. And like one of the things I loved Noah in our in our last recap of the last Craig one is that you 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 said like you went off. You're like, no, Craig can't stay on longer because Roger Moore's thing is that he is the longest serving James oh. Bond. That's his thing. Well, that. not anymore. But the one bit that did come true that you wanted was that he we still have that unique distinction where each Bond actor has their own individual number. So we obviously have one for Lazenby, two for uh, Dalton, four for Brosnan, five for Craig, six for Connery, and seven for Moore. So obviously Idris Elba has to do three. Yeah, exactly. So or eight. Uh, <laughs> eight for fifty. <laughs> <laughs> the man never ages. What can you say? Um, but yeah, and like Carl, again, we could talk about this section all the time. But like again, the movies it, that is interesting too to talk about and how much has changed and even things I'll say like little things that I don't even think we really talked about last time around, which have an impact. But things like the internet, social media, you know, like that has a has a thing like. The, the way that the films are promoted are obviously a lot different. I mean, you, you literally think back to Die Another Day, which, hang on. Okay, sorry, we've said it so many times, I haven't played that yet. Um, 
like that was what the first Bond film where they basically were able to release trailers online. Whereas like nowadays you think about like how the hell, like how do you watch a trailer if it's not online? Like, I mean, that's weird. Like turn on a TV to watch it. Um, so things like that that change and affect how a film is marketed. Obviously, we had COVID and everything along those lines. We have streaming issues and all this kind of stuff, which makes it different how things are put out there. So audience feedback is a lot more direct now. Like These producers and creators are able to jump online straight away and say, oh, this is what people think of No Time to Die, whereas you weren't really able to do that before Daniel Craig came about. So that, I think, ties into what we can move into now, the elements introduced in this period. Again, we talked a whole lot about this in our last one. I don't know if there's anything really in the No Time to Die era that can change it. I mean, obviously, they can now kill James Bond. So, I mean, I think that's probably a big thing that we should talk about being introduced here. And actually, one thing, of all the things that we talked about, the elements, and we've touched on a few of them there, one of the things that, you know, outside of James Bond dying... This is the era where they killed everyone, basically. M dies, uh, Felix dies, Blofeld dies, Bond dies, uh, Vespa dies. Like, I mean, they're just like, this On is the- sex drive. Exactly. <laughs> Bond's alcoholism didn't die. Um, Bond's one-liners died until yeah, the last they, two they films. Um, even, even Ronson died. Oh, Ronson. Like, you know. Mitchell <laughs> Mitchell died. Uh, I don't know. MI6 died. Yeah, MI6, exactly. (laughs) Wow. Um, Idris Elba's chances died. But, yeah, I I mean, leading into, like, again, we bring up anything that we haven't talked about. um, And I guess we we usually would talk about in the the era recaps, like, what continued on? (laughs) Um, So, obviously, we can't really talk that. But, I mean, on the things that have changed, the things that were introduced in this period, do we see anything that will continue on? So do we feel that the next era of Bond, kind of on what we were talking about there, they're always going to be interconnected films? Do we feel, again, as we touched on there, that they're going to go back to being like these ones? I, I for one, and with Noah, I hope they go back to just like standalone Bond films. Not everything has to be connected. Let's just have our Bond of the Week mission, and then the next film five years later is just another Bond of the Week mission. Um, and some things that I think that have been introduced that I would be fine with them sticking with, um, like I, I like some of the realism, like even though it kind of contradicts my belief of what a bomb movie should be like. Um, but I don't want it to be too, like keep some of the realistic elements to it, but not too much. Like I don't want us to go back into space, but like, I kind of like some of the, the more grounded stuff every now and then. So um, I don't know where I'm going with that. I've lost my train of thought. And your doo doo. And my doo doo, yes. Which I ate, by the um, way. Colin's <laughs> nodding. And that's a Ben fact! Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I think one thing that, uh, you know, I, I would also love it if we just had the standalone movies, although, as I already said, I don't think that that's going to happen. And really that's not <laughs> something we're going to blame the bond producers on. That's, that's a movie audience call that, uh, you know, unfortunately is kind of robbing us of something that we worked. are not part of the audience column. <laughs> well, but here's, here's one of the things Double I want to say. Seven, I, I, I feel like one thing I really appreciate that they did is they didn't make nearly as many mistakes as so many other franchises made. Uh, when you look at the Star Wars sequels, they basically got so much into fan service and bought so much into, oh, we're, we're, we're terrified of these internet, you know, uh, angry middle-aged guys. Star Wars uh, who, on seven. 
who, <laughs> who are going to tear down our franchise that we have to give them everything. Well, we're terrified that we are not addressing a female audience. So let's give this ridiculous love story that non-Star Wars fans that happened to be woman loved, but other Star Wars fans didn't want. Like they have not gone the route of the Star Wars sequels where they've caved so much to the audience that they've sacrificed everything about the franchise. And seeing so much now of these um, nostalgia sequels, uh, you know, I, I, I can rant about them all day, but uh, the, the, the Ghostbusters Afterlife, the Scream Fives, everything which is just, oh, we're just going to basically Bad remake what was done in the past. The, the what? Five. Shrek again. Smokey and Bandit too. <laughs> too smoky, but- too bad. <laughs> Smokey the Bandit 3, Smokey Yo Drift. Snow Dogs, The Return. So, oh, the Snow, Snow Dogs reboot. Uh, Snow Dogs Strike Back. That was pure fan service. Was there a Snow Dogs Strike Back? Because if there is, I bet you my kids are watching it. Oh, God, I hope Snow not. Dogs Awakens. <laughs> uh, but the last, uh, the last Snow Dog. <laughs> Rise of the Snow Dogs. Uh, but uh, there we go. We finished them all. Uh, snow dogs, a Star Wars story? No. Um, no time to snow dogs. <laughs> star, do- star dogs. But no. I, I, I don't even remember what I was talking about now. <laughs> oh, no, ah. <laughs> Colin's nodding. Yes. And that's a Ben fact. Uh, <laughs> Hang on. Why did that work when you said it? That shouldn't work. <laughs> that sound should only play oh, when I say it. Oh, magic. Colin's got power now. That's not good. <laughs> but oh, now I remember what's going on. Yeah, like now we're just in this this terrible phase of we're going to reboot but not reboot. We're going to do a remake mm. but not a remake, and nobody really knows what they're doing. I feel like the Bond sequels here. We're in this such such a weird era for movies, and I feel like the Bond sequels did so many things right by as much as they did stretch outside the lines of what traditional Bond films are. They stayed more true than I think any other franchise out there, any of these other nostalgia franchises. Um, I, I think that the over the top action and the, the stunts and the ridiculous plots, I don't know if it's going to get more extreme than this, but I feel like that's going to stay. Uh, I also feel like there's no way you could have done this up until No Time to Die. You really did need to phase into it. You know, unfortunately, I, I think not just the way that Moonraker turned people off, so you had to have a Free Eyes Only, or You Only Live uh, Twice turned people off, so you had to have an Automatic Secret Service, you know, so on and so on. I feel like what happened is movies as a whole just got too over the top. So Casino Royale was almost rebooting a genre and not just rebooting a film franchise. But now that they have got people to accept it again and they have this middle ground, as long as we never get a Die Another Day, a Moonraker, or You Only Live Twice Again that just goes too far, I feel like this will be consistent. We'll have these fun, you know, conquer the world plots that are full of holes and everything. One other thing I think that it, they finally found a way to have it work that obviously is going to stay is just the teamwork uh, thing that they have going on with MI6. We're going to have more money, penny and Q kind of as part of the team. Um, True. Full of holes was another rejected bond girl named Ben. (laughs) My favorite. Glad you specified Ben there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, oh, Ben. Ben would say that one. That's not a Noah one. That's not a Noah fact. 
I, they finally kind of. We're we're still critical of at least some of us are critical about the money Penny's role is we don't really know what she was in this past movie but we're gonna have more of this teamwork thing and I I feel like they also just found a way to make it work in No Time to Die where we're not gonna have the Spectre teamwork where it's too overpowering uh, but we'll have a lot more involvement logical involvement from the MI6 crew going forward Uh, things that I don't think are going to continue. Um, killing a James Bond actor. I'm just saying, I think we all kind of said in the last one. An actor this, or a character? Yes, I, act, well, has anybody so seen Aeon, Daniel Craig? Aeon killed Sean Connery and Roger Moore. Is this what you're <laughs> yes. trying to say? It wasn't We're sick of too many Bond actors being alive. Kill them all. <laughs> ben, you're a all free press man. press is good press. <laughs> But yeah, I, that, that's really a one and done thing. And if you're ever going to do that again, you would have to know, I think it's the end of the franchise or it would have to be another 60 years from now where nobody even has the ability to watch older movies. Um, I, I feel like that was done so well. And I also feel like it's not something they would ever abuse again. I feel like they, they wanted to do it because they, they knew they're rebooting. They wanted to give a proper closure. And if that ever did happen again, I mean, I would literally be shocked. I don't feel like it's something you could pull off twice literally be shocked literally be shocked literally literally okay shocking positively shocking uh you can't pull off twice does sound like a bond uh bond film too um (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a certain film that i would watch uh yeah i mean i agree with you but i'm not happy about it um (laughs) the the mi6 crew uh, I'm not happy about it. No, I'm really not because I think that will go forward. We've got to this point where I think because Bernard Lee and Lois, let's face it, not A-listers. Uh, they weren't... Like, In Anne was not played are? by Orson Welles and Catherine Hepburn. Um, so <laughs> they Catherine could kind of get away with... <laughs> Darling. <laughs> My problem is you never do anything with me. <laughs> Diamonds, uh, chocolates. Diamonds, but... <laughs> uh, you know where you can stick that? I would, I would watch Catherine Hepburn in that Diamonds Are Forever police police officer Ooh. uniform. I'd watch um, Catherine Hepburn masturbate with a cigar. No, uh, too far, too far. <laughs> and that's a Ben <laughs> fact. <laughs> that's a Ben disturbance. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's the uh, title yeah. of my upcoming autobiography <laughs> uh, written by Nicholas from the, the book um, <laughs> Susie by his um, 14 new books that he just wrote in the last 10 minutes by the way they're great not a, not a Noah Grows fan he is <laughs> yeah we learned that <laughs> who is though honestly yeah I'm not um, and that's but, a Noah uh, yeah, fact I, Oh, Colin really does have a lot of power. I know. I don't show. know where Colin got this power from all of a sudden. <laughs> what happened? Daddy Colin. <laughs> uh, but no, I agree. Ooh. Like, I, I think the fact that they cast these big name actors and also partly for diversity that we're never going to get just the crew as they were. And to, to be honest, I think the middle ground probably is the Brosnans. Like Judy and Samantha... They were there, but they weren't overpowering. And No Time to Die got it better than Spectre did, but it, it's still a, a bit much for me. And 
I wish they could just sign like a seven film contract with Ray Fiennes and and just say, look, you're going to show up in two or three scenes. You're, we're going to give you lots of films, but you're not going to be the main star. You're just going to be this guy that continues on. But that's not going to happen. So I don't like Bond and Friends. No Time to Die got it better, but they're still not, it's still not there for me. Um, but that being said, I hope the crew continues on. I, I really do. Ray Fiennes has got so much potential as Bond, and I hope that is something that as can Bond. It will be such a, as as um wow that would be scoop. I mean, Ray Fiennes could play it an aging Bond. Like, that's he was good, he think. was in 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 uh well, for Goldeneye. Yeah, he was one of the ones they talked about in the lead yeah. up. Yeah, but like uh, he's got so much. He's not reached his potential. Like he's got another seven films in him, so it would be such a shame if this was it for him for M. He's just getting it now. Uh, you know my thoughts on Ben Wishaw, but I'm willing to keep Ben if we keep the whole team. I think you keep all of them or you'd keep just Rafe. But like Rory, I'm fine. Keep him on. I like Naomi Harris. Um, Hannah Stokely. I'm Hannah, keep her on. But I, I'm shocked that Naomi Harris is 45, which... Mm. I mean, that's no problem. But if you are casting a 30-year-old Bond, it kind of gets into, like, Granny Penny territory. Mm. Um, but, I mean, she doesn't look 45. So, no. um, as we know in movies, looks is all that counts. So um, That's why we're not in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, the, only, the only reason. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even have faces for podcasting. So. That's um, why we don't release these ones as videos, you know. James on radio does; they're hot. We're not. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, but I hope they continue on. Uh, but I don't want Bond and Friends, even though I think that that will happen. Um, and then on the death thing, I for this era, it's it works well. I liked uh, M's de- Judy's death. <laughs> Works so well, yeah. Rest in bit. Well, don't cry. She's still in every freaking film going forward. But, well, now um, you just killed Judy Dench. Thanks, Noah. Yeah. Oh, she's gonna too- be the new Money Penny next time. Not ma'am. Ooh. She's M Money Penny. Let's see her money yeah, panties. Good. Um. Okay, no other. That's a Ben disaster. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't work. Uh, with you. uh. So. Yeah. Uh. It works for, and it works so well with Felix. It worked with Bond. I don't need to see it again. I hope we're, I hope we're not getting, uh, I hope we're not getting Bond dying again. Or do we need Felix to die again? Do we need M to die? If Ray Fiennes does continue on, he doesn't need to die. Just make announce it's his last film. Next film, we've got a new actor. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Just, uh, but but that being said, also I hope. Another thing that doesn't continue is the Bond Begins. Um, mm. It worked for Casino Royale. We'd never seen it before. It worked. Uh, I would argue that it works, but it also Quantum kind of ruins that for me a bit. But I don't need to see an origin story again ever in the rest of my life that I'm alive and Bond's around. We saw it once. That's all we need. We don't need Bond in space again. We don't need Bond origin story again. What about Bond uh, Invisible Car again? Uh no. Uh Bond and Doodoo. But I would I would take a cello case again. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, or a me too, Noah. Oh, Keishi in a cello case. 
Yeah, Uber bring back the quiche. I'm fine with that. Uh, or a skiing on a quiche down a hill. That skiing on good. a quiche, the Timothy Dalton autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess the one other thing I want to uh, just touch on is that, and I, I am not taking real credit for this. I saw this online uh, that I'd never really thought of it this way, and it really does touch on my issue with Craig, is that Craig did a good job, Inspector, and No Time to Die, the one thing he's still missing something and someone pointed that out online and they're perfectly right. I think is that Craig never has fun, mm. not the actor, but the bond mm. bond is a character who gets into these serious situations and these stressful bond is a, he lives a lavish lifestyle. He likes the gambling. He likes the women. And I'm not saying bond. It's a new era, blah, blah, blah new era. Uh, he doesn't have to hook up with every woman. That's fine. He can hook up with one woman. But he likes getting a woman. He likes gambling. He likes the cars. He likes the action. He he does the skiing and whatever. Craig has never had fun as his character. He's always oh. tortured. He's always distressed. And that's fine oh, for shaking. parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was I having a blast up until a point in Casino Royale. Even then, he's so like we get to see Connery just let loose and have fun. We see Moore do that. We see Dalton do that. We see uh, Brosnan do that. Plays and be like, yeah. He even smiles when he uh, blows up the guy in the airport. He's definitely having fun in the early parts because you know. I, I see what Noah's saying though. I think there's that element of yeah. Sorry, Noah. Yeah, that's a big reason that I have problems with Craig. Is yes, they've brought back some of the one-liners and that, but Bond is a suave character, which Craig is not. And he's a fun character and you can have tortured. Dalton was a little tortured. Uh, Moore went to Tracy's grave, Lazenby, and oh, she's having a rest. But all of these characters have fun along the way and we're we're rooting because, for them because they're so ridiculous and they're, they like this lavish lifestyle. And we, I mean, just compare Moore's apartment to Craig's apartment in the film. Moore's got the freaking latte 3000 and the magnetizing, and then Craig's got nothing in his apartment. And I, I, I get you want to get a bit more real, like uh, Ben was saying. You, you want to maybe tone it down a bit from the Moore era uh, because it's a new era, but Craig doesn't have fun. And I hope going forward that's not something that continues on, but I feel like they've set a precedent for the Bond character as being this cold sort of Batman character, which Bond never was. He never was that. Uh, So I think, unfortunately, that's something that will continue. I, I, Yeah, I think that's a great summary of it. And I don't know if it necessarily will continue because I feel that the one thing I will just say about Craig is that, I, as I said before, I think he feels the most James Bondian in his last two films. He finally starts to get a lot of those elements to me that always make a James Bond character, the, the James Bond character. But, like, I agree with you. I think that, you know, I've I've always been critical of, of Daniel Craig never being suave and, like, charming and, like, like he's hot, but, like, that's always been my issue with Craig. It's like he he's hot, but, like... Channing Tatum. Yeah, exactly. Like Bond is hot, but like Bond's also charming. Like that's the thing about Bond. Like, again, no disrespect to Roger Moore. My mum had a crush on him. The guy's a hot guy, but like he's not Daniel Craig hot. But like what makes Roger Moore 
charming and you want to fuck the guy is that he's like, oh, hello there. Like, oh, oh, oh Roger. Like, he's just charming. And, like, he's just he, – it's all about personality, people. It's not always about looks. Uh, <laughs> so That's when you're fucking – that's best. Yeah, that's a bit fake. But it's, it's, it's just, it's and I think, like, and that's not disrespectful to Craig because, like, I think we're all in agreement that Daniel Craig's probably the best actor who has ever played James Bond. And he fits his era. Like, he fits the films that he's in. Like, I, I don't think we could see any of the other Bond actors in this Craig era. Like, I, as much as I love Brosnan, could Brosnan really be this type of Bond? I, I mean, Roger Moore couldn't. Dalton, maybe. Lazy me, no. And Connery, well, it depends on how he's feeling that week. But, like, it's just, I just don't, like, I, I, I agree with pretty much, that's a great summary of it. And I saw, I actually watched a video today kind of ranking the Bonds, and this video had ranked Craig at fifth, and he he basically said, like, Craig just looks bored. And I, I don't know if Craig looks bored. I wouldn't agree with that. But I think that you can kind of maybe see a part of that in the fact that, like, Brosnan looks like he's always having fun. Moore always looks like he's having fun. Connery in, like, three of his films looked like he was having fun. So, you know... Lazenby like, yeah. just bewildered. Lazenby, just, he was, he, whatever. And Dalton thought he was on stage half the time. So, you know, but you, yeah, you I think... You said that a Moore wouldn't fit in this era, Moore era. But tell me that Roger Moore interacting with that little daughter would not be the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Like, oh, would, would you, you like an for, apple? Would you care for some more apple slice? <laughs> tell me, what's your Wallace and Robert? Yeah. <laughs> I said, I have something else to show. Another child. <laughs> we have all the time in the world. A child. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my doo-doo? Right. Sorry. Sorry. Hello, pussy. Um anyway, yes. I didn't, know, Colin, didn't know if Colin you had anything to add on that or I was just gonna I mean as far as like Bond being swab, again, we kinda have to interpret it differently. Like I I think Suave is, you know, probably interpreted differently now than it was 60 years ago. Says the married uh, man. Well, I'm, I, see, I, I'm going off of, I'm not, I'm not the feminist voice here, but I'll let my wife That's be me. the feminist voice. I mean, uh, it, it, we kind of look at it and say, oh, you know, I want my James Bond to be like this. And this is what, this is what women want and everything. But like, it, outside of Sean Connery, I mean, if you ask Jamie which James Bond, not actor, just, you know, based on looks, but which James Bond actor, which James Bond do you want to just grab you and take you? She's going to say Daniel Craig. But that, but I think, but so, doesn't that come down to the raw sex bill? Like, like, Bond's a bit cheeky. Like, I mean, Craig's not cheeky. Craig's just like, rip my shirt is. off and grate the cheese on me. And like, he just literally, I think, I, I the Vesper think of, like. Scene, the Vesper scene, the train scene with Vesper? Yeah, like, but that's the only one you can probably think of. Think about the other scenes. Like, I think, like, as much as I love Monica Bellucci, like, what makes that hot is that Craig's, like, a bit aggressive. Craig's, Craig smashes the glasses and pins it, like, fucking bend me over and take me. Whereas, like, you think of, like, Brosnan, like, think about him making out with Frost in Die Another Day. Like, oh, they were, they went ages ago. Oh, you're incorrigible. <laughs> like, he's a bit cheeky. He's a bit, like, you know, Craig can pull and, that and, off. And I feel like, again, that was sort of an overreaction to... Uh, you know, let's let's give better roles to Bond girls. And and I, yeah. I, again, I feel like this entire era is just sort of unfortunately in a time period where people were so overly sensitive, but but maybe the, the people weren't as sensitive as the studios thought. So they did a lot of things thinking we needed to be very realistic, but they went maybe a little too realistic. We need to have better roles for women, but then they didn't realize that 
most women out there kind of want a little bit of the classic Bond girl in them. And I, I, that's one of the things that I think will change going forward is that they've, they've figured out we don't need to go this far. And they're sort of on the right. Because as far as that James Bond having fun, I would argue he's having fun in pretty much every moment in No Time to Die all the way up until he realizes, oh, I, I'm not going to be able to ever see him again. He loved getting out of being a dad. He's like, fuck yes. Well, but, but up no, until that, I mean... The scenes that he has uh, with Q, the scenes with Madeline, even uh, the scenes with Blofeld. He's having fun messing with Blofeld. Uh, no, but I, mean, I I agree. Craig is having fun, but Bond, the character, is is not having fun. He's he's plodding I, along and like he's living his uh, life out in Jamaica. The way like, I would argue I that the entire idea of him working with Felix just to kind of get back at M and it, the whole relationship with Nomi is him having I, fun. I think maybe like a lot of it, it's a different version of fun. Like uh, the way, like I, I definitely agree with Noah more, but like I just, things I try and compare it to when you think about certain the moments, the other Bond actors are having fun. Like again, world is not enough Brosnan when he's in Zukowski's bar and he's got like the, uh, the see-through glasses and just like, you know, he's having fun. He's checking out women. He's like, and all these naked women around me. Like I can't see Craig doing that in his era. You know, um, think about. Bond likes to live, but Craig doesn't like to live. And that's not to say because he dies. Yeah. That is Craig. <laughs> Too soon, Noah. That personifies Craig. While you would never have that song with any of the other Bond. Even Dalton, like he goes Colin rolling his eyes, but like you think about Dalton, like oh, I know a great restaurant in Karachi. Like I mean, like I don't see Daniel Craig sitting there going, I know a great restaurant oh, in Bond Karachi. Lives a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, and Craig, well, that's another thing. Craig, like Craig's Craig, not really sophisticated. Craig doesn't like he's drinking. Yeah, Heineken. he feels almost working class, which is not yeah. what you want for a Bond. Yeah, like he's drinking fucking Heineken for God's sakes. Like, come on, that was um, a mistake. One one thing, the only one thing I wanted to add to, which I think is important to bring up that this era did, and and I think Noah, you touched on a little bit, and maybe we will continue this. This is the era of the big name actor, like, and not necessarily, you know, Daniel Craig or like the Bond, but like you think about, you know, that we get Javier Bardem, you know, you get uh, Christoph Waltz, um, you get Rami Malek, you get Academy Award winners coming in as like villains. Um, you, you know, this is something that Hugh Almerich. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but like, it's, it's, it's kind of, that's something that I feel, you know, we've gone such a trend with that. And even like, I would say even the musical artists kind of changed that a little bit too, because yeah, it's always been a bit of a trend to get the big name, but I wouldn't necessarily, you're going to laugh at this. I wouldn't necessarily say the Brosnan era really got the big names. Like, I mean, Tina Turner, wasn't exactly massive in 1995. Cheryl Crow and Garbage weren't exactly the number one artist of their period. And I think my beloved, <laughs> like she was not at the peak of her powers in 2002. Like, so, I mean, well, who would have been? If we're 2000, we're getting Britney Spears for a body. <laughs> well, I mean, like you Smash joke, but like, but like, well, <laughs> Smash Mouth. <laughs> But like you joke, like seriously, you Some probably Bond like, you're, once told me. If I mean, you you're, you're telling Eilish, me that Shrek got the bigger names than Bond. <laughs> if you get Billie Eilish as the biggest Billie pop Eilish star in the world, then you are going to get a Britney Spears, a Christina Aguilera in that period because pop music was different as it is to today. Not rap music, Noah. Billie Eilish is a pop singer. Um, but anyway, the point is, I think that we really went for that again with the Craig era. You know, Adele, Sam Smith. 
you know, Billie Eilish. Uh, I mean, Jack White, Leash Key's not so in. Obviously, Chris Cornell, rest in peace. But, like, the last three at least they did. So little elements there with the big names, I think. I that never got Chris Cornell. You, you what? Never got who? Shrek, Shrek never got, got Chris oh, Shrek. <laughs> yeah, should have. That would have kept him alive. That's what keeps me alive. Um, other no, things, man, donkey. Before we get into sort of, I guess, our wrap-up questions, and, like, cause again, I we've covered a whole lot and a lot of all the other elements I feel we talked in our last episode. The one thing, this is going to be we want to ask because – Obviously, I don't think either of you two have listened to our Craig episodes recently, so that maybe we'll just go over the no time to die element. A question we usually ask in these recaps is favourite moments from our episode recaps. Now, we talked about those favourite moments from the first five Craig, uh, first four Craig films in our last one. Given that we just did a six-hour no time to die episode a couple of weeks ago, uh, and if you remember any of your moments, I will say that I legitimately, when I edited together No Time to Die, and every single time I played a Ben Fact, I legitimately laughed because um, I'm a comedic genius. Of course apparently. you did. <laughs> and the Colin, the Colin nodding Not was pretty funny. Either. Colin nodding was hilarious. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't know outside of it was six fucking hours. I, I blocked it out, but um, <laughs> I, I will say I think the funny thing listening to the Craig recap episode was when we were saying like, oh, I think it's double or seven. We really developed. We were doing two hour recaps, and now we're going so long at three and a half and four hours. We say doing a six hour recap two two weeks ago. So as as a podcast, we developed <laughs> to six hour episodes. But um, oh, the worst. It, any highlights uh, from the, the Craig era recaps that you can come to mind? I, I just want to say that the Colin nod, Colin's nodding thing, that I think is even funnier. I, I don't know how, maybe the listeners oh, can tell Here we go, Colin funny, laughing but... at himself. No, 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 <laughs> it's actually the opposite. Ben talks himself up, now Colin talks himself up. <laughs> it's actually the opposite. Uh, I, I wonder if that's funny for people listening because I feel like what really made that funny was the fact that I actually was nodding and Ben was like, there's Colin's nodding. And then as soon as Noah looked at me, it was just like this blank stare. So from Noah's perspective, look, Colin's nodding. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but I legitimately was, but that, that, that kind of became the joke. Like half the time was I actually nodding or not. Uh, I, I want to say going back to Skyfall, I almost am afraid that the reason Hannah Stokely hasn't responded to us, even though she's got like 19 followers uh, is because she's afraid that we are making fun of her. Like, Oh, what, what makes what makes that moment so good though is that duh. she's supposed to have that look on her face like it's supposed to be this double <laughs> what is going on like duh. like duh. she did her job well <laughs> this isn't a moment where she's supposed to you know look uh commanding or or uh sinister or something like that and <laughs> she has this look on her face like it's one of these weird moments too where <laughs> like I, I know we we run into this all the time on the Oz Network, Ben, where one of us finds a, a single moment or a look or mm. a, a one-liner so funny that nobody's ever brought up before, and then you realize that everybody else just has the same reaction to that. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but that's kind of what the Hannah Stokely thing was. Yeah, everybody knows that moment where he tries to get on the train and she's looking like, what? But it's it's that look, the look. <laughs> it just... I can't believe that that joke went on as long as it did in the episode, let alone years later. 
Um, and I, I barely remember what we talked about in Casino Royale or. I've wrote, so I wrote down a couple of the, the things that we brought up. Sorry to interrupt. So the, the some of the classic moments that we all remember from those, and our our Daniel Craig best of episode will be coming soon. Uh, Casino Royale. It was uh, Colin bribes people to get into uh, the Ocean Club. Uh, oh yeah, in the, in the Bahamas. <laughs> there was a whole work. Ben not believing the whole love thing. Um, it was Mitchell. In uh, Quantum of Souls, Mitchell, not Mitchell, and Green being shit. Um, Skyfall, it was and Ronson, Ronson, not Ronson, no Ronson. And it's always Spe- not this person. And Spectre, it was all about uh, the transgender plastic bag. Um, so <laughs> I remember that? No recollection of that. It was uh, um, uh, 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 Mendy, Sam Mendy's in American Beauty in the plastic oh, bag, yeah, okay. and the no, jokes about Sam reference. Smith being gay. Ah, because he's I bet you that was gay. a. That, I bet you that was a Ben fact, and <laughs> didn't work that time, Colin. Because that's Colin a and Ben Noah fact. Were, Colin and Noah were nodding when Ben brought up the bag. <laughs> um, but you know, one thing actually that, that, that I really love was just the. You get pe- different people's perspectives, and it's like okay, some some people are right from a certain point of view. Some people are right. Um, <laughs> I, for the life of me, still cannot figure out why it is such a stretch for Ben to believe that Bond and Vesper fall in love and why he thinks that they were there for like six hours. The man got his balls crushed in about nine times in one scene. I'm not not doing this again. He's in that hospital for weeks. I'm not doing this again. You're wrong. And Noah, you can back me up. Noah's nodding, yeah. Uh, Noah can back me up on this. It's, It's one of those moments where you're like, how is it so hard for him to believe that this was longer than two days? And because that they it is not portrayed on screen enough to show that enough time has passed. Again, I will point out, was it the everything wrong with or the pitch meeting? It backs my fact up when they say this is not shown over a period of time. How are we meant to believe they fall in love in two days? Like, I've got because evidence to back my claim It's going to take you longer than six He's hours. James Bond, he heals quickly. He'll be washing up on a beach somewhere soon in Bond 26. We know that. But then you add to that the uh, the absurdity of Ben a couple of episodes prior talking about falling in love over a bar fight or a Ferris wheel ride. And it just made it up. Backed up. Mark Edlitz backs me up, says it's romantic. I have a Bond author claiming that I've got my back. That's a Ben and a Mark Edlitz fact. What does he think? You should listen to the episode, Noah. Think about I, know Vespa. You... I don't know. Didn't ask him that. <laughs> of course you didn't. Why do I want to ask him <laughs> about extra things that might prove me wrong? <laughs> I'm not a good journalist. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I I agree. The the Hannah Stokely stuff I love because it's like we are the only people's. Ten years after Skyfall came out, that we're still talking about Hannah Stokely <laughs> to this day. It's probably that name is ingrained in all of our minds. That and John Tenney, two life. names. And if when we started this, yeah. are we ever going to know who Hannah Stokely and John Tenney are? No idea. By the time uh, me and Ben are old men, uh, and Colin is sadly gone, Ed. we. We will never forget Hannah Stokely like that name, and I want oh. her on the show. But Colin's maybe right; she might be a bit like, "We love you, Hannah. We love you." Um, I'd give her a lick. But we are—we're the only people who have actively <laughs> looked up definitely Hannah Stokely coming. on Instagram Ooh, in more ways than one. <laughs> 
Uh, and that's a bad uh, fact. The 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 six hour one was funny because like longest Bond film, and then far and away the longest episode. I literally did. No, was like literally at the end of it. I would if if you yeah if you have the video, we should release a screenshot of Noah's sleep. That's the third I, time I, I put someone to sleep on an episode after Darvell and Alex Morella. So I mean, I'm doing yeah. well. I will say, yes, I was drinking, but I would say I stopped drinking around two hours into that six hour episode. Uh, and I still, I fell asleep because it was like four in the morning. I'd been, I had a lot on that day. And, uh, but a six hour episode, congratulations if anyone makes it through. I don't reckon they will. Well, not one person ben did. Somebody was tweeting really? saying that they were like five and a half hours in. So, um, yeah, but thanks. Not six. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, they gave up at that moment. Five and a half. Oh no, no. <laughs> you know what? It's not for me. This Ben um, thing is not funny. This is not funny. Uh I guess yeah. I don't remember a lot about the other episodes. It's been six years, but uh, one thing I do love from our recaps is I, I love this newfound. I've got a total man crush on Billy Magnuson. Like oh. I'm, I'm on the Billy train, so. I love all the Billy stuff toot, toot. Uh, as Colin runs away. Um, He's got excited over Billy Magnuson again. This happened last time, running up the stairs. Every time we mention Billy Magnuson, Colin runs. He's on the phone with Billy Magnuson. I know. Billy, I heard you. I heard what you're being talked about right now. Yeah. Billy, have you been sharing with the other two hosts? Oh. I thought it was just you and me, Billy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Colin, Colin is on the phone right now. I'm guessing with Billy Magnuson, but... That smile, like I've got a total man crush on Billy, Billy Magnuson. So that was one of the fun things to come from the, the no time to die stuff. Um, Here's a quick question for you, Noah, just to interrupt you. Uh-oh. Who is more scary, Uh-oh. Billy Magnuson or <laughs> King K? Oh, don't say that name. Don't. I'm oh, sorry. That name. I had to play the scream. It just, it just had to happen. Oh my god! Luckily, Colin is not listening right now because he would be running away. Yeah. Um, but yeah that's great and the six hour episode is funny because i feel like oh yeah we did six hours and i feel like i've got so much more to say on no touch time well i i legitimately afterwards i was like fuck i didn't talk about this we didn't talk about this we didn't talk about this um and it was funny in our last in our craig recap one six years ago we were saying like oh we feel like we rushed respected but we went for like four hours um and it's, it's yeah four years five years later um brent uh bent ed is the guy who listened to us uh, on Twitter. So thanks, uh, Bent. He said five and a half is five and a half hours down. And yes, Conan Doyle did kill off Sherlock Holmes. So good to see. We I didn't remember talking about that. that but yeah, apparently. So yep, cool. I don't remember that. I must have been asleep. But shout out to Bent. Thank you, Bent, uh, for that one as well. Uh, but yeah, we will be putting together our sort of best of of the Craig era as we we literally have all the clips ready to go of all the other. Four. We'll just put together the No Time to Die one and then we'll have that one all there. As Colin Reed joins us. How's Billy, Colin? How's Billy? How's he doing? He's smiling uh, <laughs> ear to ear. Yep. <laughs> Can I just say that right now, if tomorrow they released a sex tape between Billy Magnuson and Anna de Armas, the world would explode. That is the most attractive <laughs> thing you would ever would witness. would explode. Oh, God. I w- it wouldn't last three seconds. Um, and that's a Ben fact. Not a sex tape between Billy Magnuson and Noah Groves. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think you heard it, but I did just profess my uh, man crush on Billy Magnuson. 
And I, I asked it's a question, official. Colin. Facebook I, I, official. I have to say the name again. No, I'll quickly block your ears. Oh, Who's no. scarier? Billy Magnuson or Kincaid? <laughs> Kincaid in a second. That's oh. a man. Eh, well, you know, this is the thing. That's Listen smile. To that smile. So what we do in these is we obviously go over kind of just um, quick little moments. Uh, now, in terms of like certain categories, so we'll go over our favourite main girl, villain, allies, things like that. Now, I have not got our rank because obviously the the different thing we have done, we have obviously ranked pretty much all of these categories in a separate rankings episode and we've obviously updated them with No Time to Die. I don't have them open. I'm going to just do this off the top of my head. So this might contradict some of our rankings, but I also feel it won't. So again, we're going to go over each of these categories and just maybe name your, your favourite and I mean, you can name your least favourite if you want to. So let's start with the main girl and secondary girl of the Craig era. So obviously going through each of the films, we have Vespa, uh, we have Camille, uh, we have M, uh, <laughs> Skyfall, none. Uh, then we have obviously Leia Seydoudou, uh, Madeline in the in the last two as the main girls and the secondary girls. Uh, Casino Royale, I mean, what are we counting? Freaking what's-the-face in the hammock. Uh, Ugh. Um, Strawberry Fields, who was, our, I think, a unanimous choice back in... Uh, Back in our other one, uh, Skyfall, is it, um, what's the name on the boat? Um, Severin. Severin, thank you. Spectre. Big fan of the Daniel Craig era. Monica Bellucci or uh, even what's the name in the opening? We didn't really give much of her a, a mention. Um, and with secondary, well, I mean, it's Paloma, obviously. Um, I'll just say I think I answered Vespa in the last one, and oh, it's tricky now, obviously, with Madeline, but I'd probably still give it to Vespa. Oh, they're not in love, but I don't know. Like, Madeline improved, obviously, in No Time to Die, but, yeah, I don't know. There's just still something that stands out more of Vespa, so I'll go for Vespa, and secondary girl, it's Paloma. And, and, although we didn't talk up Monica Bellucci as enough as we should have back in the other one, and I, I would give second spot to Monica Bellucci this time around ahead of Strawberry Fields, but Paloma, and I'll go with Vespa. Yeah, uh, it has to be Vesper for the main Bond girls. Um, I feel like they really did do right with um, Madeline in the second film. Uh, But I I don't think that she was an average Bond girl at best, Inspector. And if we didn't have Spectre and we only had, if this was just some random girl, like you start this movie and he's with random girl and then you pick up five years later. I feel like this character still works really well. I don't think you need Spectre to have the character work. I don't even necessarily think that Spectre enhances it that much, but there's something about Vesper in Casino Royale where just everything was right. And maybe it is partly because, you know, Ian Fleming cared about that character. He put a lot of thought into that character uh, originally and he built his entire book franchise around what happened with that character that the movies kind of caught on to that this isn't a thing like m where it's like oh they're, they're putting another m cameo in there again i mean anytime Vester's mentioned it it, it seems like it, it it should be there uh eva green just nailed it um every oh. the way they portray the character it's funny because i read one criticism uh which was criticizing casino royale because they they over sexualized vesper and i'm like what <laughs> like this oh, yeah. is She's exactly so sexualized like basically, in, unless you have, <laughs> you have a, a woman who's wearing a, a, a I don't know a, a, cardig- a cardigan and and sweatpants and doesn't have her hair combed, <laughs> I mean, you 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 can't less basically the female equivalent of Colin. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
literally I was wearing it right now. <laughs> now I'm actually picturing Colin in that dress that Vespa wears in Casino Royale, coming looking at a plunging neckline, <laughs> Mr. Bondy. But but I mean, what works about that character is, is it's the exact right balance, and I, I feel like what doesn't work about Camille is they went too far in the other direction where they're like, oh, we need to make her tougher because Vesper wasn't tough. Well, we don't boring. need the Bond girls. Yeah, but like we don't need our Bond girls to be action stars. And this is what they got so wrong. Uh, I'm not going to say, I mean, obviously it worked with uh, Michelle Yeoh, but they tried for the whole Brazenera to do this and it, it doesn't work. Uh, Brazenera. <laughs> leave it, leave it, move on. No Ben fact on that one? <laughs> no, no. That's Can it. we have like I don't know a Ben disaster sound effect no. now? And that's a Ben disaster. No, no. The, the no, Ben disaster sound. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, the, you go the exact opposite <laughs> direction. Um, you know, sure we didn't really have a Bond girl in Skyfall. It worked for Skyfall, uh, but it, it, Vesper is is exactly what every Bond girl should be going forward. Uh, secondary Bond girl. It's funny because I I thought there's no way that we're going to be able to top Strawberry Fields. It's not like Strawberry Fields was some groundbreaking character, but it, it was what we wanted out of a secondary Bond girl, at least most of us. Um, <laughs> <that's>, really? <laughs> and what, Colin? Uh, really what? Opposite direction is a rejected Bond girl name. <laughs> it's a sex uh, joke, Colin. It's a sex joke. You wouldn't get it. Uh, but, no, wouldn't but then you get Monica Bellucci, which I thought there is no way they're going to top this for a secondary Bond girl. And then Paloma does it. Uh, like, it's not even a contest, but like, I really feel like we shouldn't take away from the fact that out of five Daniel Craig movies, we've had at least three with decent secondary Bond girls. So, well, the first maybe they two have none, basically. And then we got the <laughs> exactly. last three. Well, the uh, three, yeah. Well, the first one had so none. The, the first, three. yeah, sorry, my math <laughs> yeah. is great. And, then the, and that's and then a big way. <laughs> But like, you know, as much as we could be critical of, oh, we don't necessarily have the henchmen. We don't necessarily have the Bond girls. I mean, for the most part, I think they really got the secondary Bond girls well. And uh, out of the the three times they actually tried doing a main Bond girl, I think two of them, they actually got it done well. Yeah, I mean, I'm voting Paloma and she'll be probably never topped for the rest of the time that we're alive. Unless Billy Magnuson um, plays a secondary Bond girl. Don't tease me like that. Put um, a wig on him. <laughs> he doesn't even need a wig. Just open <laughs> that his guy, mouth. That's a woman with short hair I'd accept. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Magnuson does not need a wig. Oh, uh, doesn't need clothes. Yeah, but he needs tea. Um, <laughs> Most people do. Uh... Okay, I'm surprised that you didn't go where I was about to go. But um, Judy Dench, uh, are you making a reference to cra- blowjobs, Noah? No, I don't know what a blowjob is. <laughs> I know you don't. Neither does Colin. Odd job. That's also a rejected Bond girl's name. Blowjob. Oh, that's a Ben disaster. Ah, uh, but I. My oh no, Ben's, Ben's going to go on a 10 minute laughing at his own joke. Tangent. It's not laughing at the joke. It's just a silence. It's just so funny. Uh, oh, 
Oh, now I'm just thinking about blowjobs. Um, <laughs> what happens you if before? you can get a date? <laughs> uh, what was I? Paloma. Uh, <laughs> she's good. <laughs> she's very good. She's so good. She was At excellent. Being a secondary bond. Um, but Billy Magnuson, great at blowjobs. Um, <laughs> and that's the a no effect. John, if you Collins not <laughs> even know it, Collins, I like, guess. Yeah, I don't know what a blowjob is, but I bet you Billy Magnuson's good at them. <laughs> but he could do one. That uh, looks like a man that knows his way around a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything Billy Magnuson can't do? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's the He's best the quote I've ever heard Colin everything. say. <laughs> That's better than he doesn't like anal. Um... <laughs> Billy Madison does. He likes everything. <laughs> He's a fun guy. He's up for it all. Uh... He's very versatile, Billy. <laughs> uh, 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 Give him a dollar and he'll do whatever Billy? you ask him. <laughs> I'm, uh... well, he's not a prostitute, Ben. <laughs> well, he can do everything. He can do it and he'll be fine. Giving services out for money. What's wrong with prostitutes? What if he wanted to be one? He's got free will. There's nothing wrong with that. But Billy Magnuson is not a prostitute. <laughs> but if he is, we'd accept him. <laughs> Noah's very defensive over Billy Magnuson's honor, too. <laughs> no, Ben. Not my man. <laughs> uh, I'm voting Vespa. Uh, but I, I, I actually disagree with Colin. I'm hoping going forward, we don't get a lot of Bond girls like Vespa. I think Vespa is the best. <laughs> no, no, it sounded like he was choking on something for a minute. There. Yeah, the stroke our way through. Go. <laughs> Billy Magnuson popped in the room. I think maybe my my, my camera lagged because yeah, it's yeah, all good over here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I hope we don't get a Bond girl like Vespa going forward, even though I'm voting for her as the best one. So I, I disagree with Colin. I think Vespa was amazing, but that should be a sort of one-off. I want to kind of make a comeback to not quite Paloma, but a step down from Paloma as the main Bond girl. Bring back the fun Bond girl. You can still have... You don't want Jinx, but you can still have... Oh the sort of feminist, modern Bond girl, independent woman, whatever, that's fine. Destiny's Child. There's nothing wrong with, nothing wrong with moving with the times, but I, I kind of want to bring back the, the Bond girls that have fun, sort of like Bond as well. Like Madeline is such a dour sort of character and uh, so was Camille. Like I know what her family, whatever, but, but, but would it pay would it pay you to smile, Madeline? And and Bond, would it pay you to smile too? Like Look I at just Billy. Billy of, smiles. That well, Billy Magnuson smile. <laughs> uh, but that's why, like Paloma was so. I think that's why the audience reacted so well to Paloma. Is uh, outside of Strawberry Fields, it's kind of the only fun character we really have in the Craig era in terms of the female characters. And that doesn't mean that Madeline's bad. That doesn't mean that Nomi's bad or Vespa's bad. But I think that's why people really reacted so strongly to Paloma. So 
Bit of a low bar if you're saying Strawberry Fields is fun. <laughs> oh, Strawberry Fields is fun, isn't it? Yeah, she definitely was For like fun. five seconds when she takes a stick out of her ass. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that cut on the film. <laughs> Billy Magnuson did. <laughs> what is it? Cannibal the stick. <laughs> I don't remember that scene. <laughs> you didn't see the extended edition. <laughs> no, uh, move on. I'm just looking for the uh, stationery. <laughs> Stick. <laughs> All right, that's a bend disaster. This whole episode's a bend disaster. Um, villain this, slash henchman. This past five years. So, villain, uh, obviously, we have uh, Le Chief, Dominic Green. Um, Silver, Blowjob, Field, and uh, Rami Malik. <laughs> just him. He's the villain. <laughs> he just walked and I said, hi, I'm Rami Malik. You're the villain, uh, Safin. Uh, and for Henchman, <laughs> I mean, again, do we just count Hinks and uh, Cyclops? Can we just count them? <laughs> um, Elvis? Oh, fuck Elvis, come on. <laughs> he barely made our secondary Henchman list. Um, uh, look... I think we all ranked from memory Cyclops above Hinks. Um, and I, like, I I will still because, I mean, I love, like, Hinks was good for the era. Like, cause, I mean, again, it was good to get a henchman back. And, again, as we talked about a lot with Hinks, nothing wrong with Hinks. It's just Hinks, not Hinch, Hinks. Um, but, like, they just there was more to him they could have done, more, more. Whereas Cyclops was just, it was back to Bond henchman. He had this look. He literally had an eye, like, a, well, so did all the other henchmen. I don't think we ever had a blind henchman, but the three blind guys. Three blind guys. <laughs> Hello to all we our never have one. We only have three of them in the first film. <laughs> ben disparaging the blind again. Um, but I, I, just, I like the quirk Here's of Ben him. on another tangent against the blind. <laughs> I, I like hates the blind. <laughs> well, what are they going to do? They can't chase after me. They can't see me. Um, I, I just think that it was just a return back to kind of just a quirk that was fun. And there was something about Cyclops that I still just really enjoy about it. And again, the fact that his eye is like a bionic eye that can see things, you know, well, most eyes can. But except for the blind ones. And it's the blind again. Oh, uh, if you're blind, send me a comment. Oh, wait, you can't. Um, I like Cyclops. Uh, for villains, it's tough because, I mean, outside of one of them, well, Saffin, I'm not going to put him up. So outside one and a half of them, we had some pretty good villains. And yeah, okay, I ranked Lashif at like 17th. Aha, Ben does that again. Um, but he's still memorable in some weird way. Um, I am still going to... I'll give it to Silver. I mean, I still, I'm the biggest defender of Blofeld. I know both of... I know both of you dropped down Christoph Waltz's Blofeld. I still kept him where he was. I still think he's the best Blofeld. Um, but I think if I just look at it like... Silver just had something about him. Silver's the only villain that wins in all of James Bond. Uh, I just and Javier Bardem is just amazing. I yeah, Silver to me. So Silver and Cyclops. Uh, I I think we're all going to agree on Cyclops. Uh, you know, Mister Hanks. I think we were more excited for him uh, after that first scene than we would ever be again. They never quite lived up to the potential of his introduction. Uh, and maybe that's, you know, a problem with how good that scene is. Maybe it's not a problem. It's just that that scene is so good that you can't really top it. I would almost say the same thing about Blofeld. He never quite uh, mounted to that first scene where you barely see his face. Uh, but uh, you know what the weird thing is about Cyclops is that 
we all kind of finished that movie and thought, hey, we're just excited there is a henchman. It's not like there's anything particularly special about him. We're just saying there is a henchman. I feel like, at least for me, the more I watch the movie, the more I find myself feeling like, even if he didn't have a bionic eye, I think this would be a really fun character. Like, I think that the actor has a lot of energy. I like the way he plays it. Uh, and I like that we have kind of a showdown between Bond and somebody because you look at the other henchmen, even like Mr. Hanks, they got a fight on a train or whatever. You know, it's not a henchman that lasts to the end. We, we, you have those henchmen like Stamper that are meant to last to the end and they're the final battle, you know? Uh, so I'm glad we, we kind of got a little bit of a, a new Stamper. I think we all uh, mentioned that before that it kind of has a Stamper vibe to him. Uh, for villains, you know, one thing is actually interesting. Uh, I think it might've been you, Ben, who said it earlier is that, you were talking about how this franchise, uh, you know, we got the big stars like Javier Bardem and um, Christoph Waltz and everything, but we shouldn't uh, discount the fact that they made a lot of stars too. You look like Eva Green and uh, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, you know, even to a certain extent, Olga Korolenko, you, you might laugh at it, but like she's, she's still getting starring roles in movies here and there. She's better you know, uh, not she's a just lot better. Well, yeah, and, and the funny thing is, I've watched her in several movies where she's the star as an she's an action star now, and I, I think that's great. That uh, if for nothing else, she's not relegated still to being the female lead in a spy movie. She's become kind of the lead, even if it is smaller scale films. Uh, so I, they've managed to, you know, if you look at especially Lashif, take an unknown actor and have them be so good that like they can continue to play that character to the point where Mads Mikkelsen now says. No, I'll I'll talk about anything but James Bond. You know, he's yeah. become the new Sean Connery. Um, he is, but, literally. I mean, <laughs> but you know, Blofeld is hit and miss, but like you can't take away from how unique uh, of a character he is. And as much as I don't like Safin, I feel like his character is garbage and I feel like the character's all over the place. At least he created a unique villain. Uh, you know, outside of Green, you can picture the characters by the name. You could you 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 know what their their mood is, their attitude. So we at least have these distinct personalities. Uh, but really, there's no topping Sylvain. And if we're looking at this saying, oh, they were sort of correcting as they went along, they were in, injecting new action scenes and new uh, quirks and one-liners and all that. Really, everything in Skyfall started with Silva. That was the first time when they said, let's go back to the classic franchise and let's give you an over-the-top villain. We, we hadn't seen that in the first two movies. And really, from the point of Silva being as well-received as he is, I feel like that's what gave them the guts to try the one-liners, to try uh, the, the you know gadgets, and then eventually, in no time to die, to try the uh, over-the-top plot. So give Silva a lot of credit for changing the tone of these movies. And it's all Javier Bardem. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who was having fun. He was having fun. And you know that this was all him. You know that they said, we don't want you to uh, do anything different. Just show up as yourself. And he's like, I'm going to show up with bleached hair and false teeth. And I'm just going to go completely nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Gay. Yeah. It, it, so much of that is Javier Bardem. It's not even something you could say is in the script. Now that's a man outside of Billy Magnuson that. Oh, what can, a man. He can do anything he yeah. wants to me. He's more of a man than we will ever be. Um, more than a man than all the men in the universe ever put together. Yeah. And Bond's little finger. Oof. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about the Cyclops Hinks thing. I love that we just ignore Elvis. Like, he's not even a part of the equation. I prefer um, the Beatles. Uh, that's a Ben disaster. Um <laughs> Made a joke about your era of music and I get shut down. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> your, your era. 
bring back. I'll bring back. Uh, there you go. I'm glad that we have a catchphrase for when Ben tells a bad joke now, though. Well, what do you mean? Before, we? I'm glad you have one. I didn't agree to this. Well, we didn't agree to half the sound bites that me and Colin get looped into. Um, what are you going to do about it? Well, edit yourself then. Fucking you edit this crap. Then you can do whatever you want. I, I put it to both of you. Didn't even turn my microphone on before we started recording. You want me to edit this? Um, but I, I don't know. I think you guys are higher on Cyclops than I am. I I like him a lot, but I, I feel like it's more of a case of, well, we haven't been given what we want. So if we get a little dangle of what we want, then we kind of elevate it. If, if you put Cyclops in the more era, he probably doesn't hold up that well. Uh, but but I like him. I have, don't have major problems with him, but I do have issues with kind of how he's used too much. He's there five years ago, and then he's there in Jamaica, and then he's with Blofeld, but he somehow doesn't die from the Valdo thing. And then he's, then they put in a weird scene where him and Madeline talk about him switching allegiances, and then he dies for the like fourth time. It's It's too much. Uh, but I agree that Hinks is a bit of a letdown outside of his first scene, but he is a bit more traditional henchman. I, uh, I guess I'll go with Primo Cyclops, but I, I'm more, more right. down on him than you guys maybe are. I think you guys maybe hype him too much just out of excitement of having him. Not that I dislike him. Miles better than Locke or Miles better than... Uh, Elvis or Miles better than uh, Necros, I think. Demetrios, um, Demetrios, much better. Yeah, uh, Silver is great. Uh, Javier Bardem, definitely a man. Um, I don't know if you guys watched. He's got that a big recent at- Oh, definitely. Come on, um, huge. But at at the time of recording, there was an interview with him and Daniel Craig. It's made me fall in love with Javier Bardem even more. I don't know if you guys watched it, but he's just so fun. Uh, but I'm giving it to Le Chief. Uh, I've, I said I had a man crush on Billy Magnuson, uh, e- equal so on Mads Mickelson. Love me some Mads. Uh, I just, I think he he kind of gets that fun, but also fits the Craig serious kind of thing well. Um, but but love love Silver too. But I'm gonna go with Mads. Uh, Dominic, no Blofeld. I still really love Christoph Waltz. He's probably yeah, I don't know. He might be my favorite actor of the the villains or second favorite, but it, it just doesn't work with the brother thing. And then Saffin's crap. Uh, so so give it to Mads, but close close second to Silver though. Allies. Um, this is one that we really struggled with actually. When I re-listened back to our our recap one, we didn't really have it. And we did a few episodes of this, but I guess um, Mister uh, not Mister White. He's well, I mean. Kind of in the end, but not really. Um, uh, uh, why have I gone blank on his name? Mathis. Thank you, Mathis. Um, uh, we should ring in. Uh, what's his? Was his name Mendel, the 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 banker? The yeah. who we we ranked him like number one, so we probably should probably give him a mention now. Um, then we've got. Oh, hang on, hang on. Brace yourselves, everyone. Then we have in Skyfall. <gasps> I don't want to say it. <laughs> oh God, oh, that really oh, scares me. Um, and then I guess, who else do we have? I mean, do we lump Felix in here and the MI6 crew? Um, I mean, it's kind of a separate category, but I guess we just go with a yeah. standard 
allies, really. Um, I mean, Nomi, I guess we, we ranked her as an ally, did we not? So, oh no, she was in the MI6 crew. Um, look, I rank Mathis very high and I still rank Mathis very high. I think Mathis is great. And Mathis always improves to me whenever I watch the Craig films. Um, he's literally someone I think we could have had in more, more films. Um, and then, you know, it would have, you know, killing him off later on would have kind of been more effective. Mendel though is great. Absolutely love him. I'm glad we he came out at number one. I can't remember that episode. That was when I was drunk and he came at number one, didn't he? Um, so <laughs> I had fucking Verity at number one, for God's sakes. Um, so whatever. Um, but am I missing anyone? Are they our only? I feel like I'm missing an ally or two. We didn't really have that many, did we then? Okay. Well, um, I was about to say I'm voting for Mathis because it's the only option you gave us. Well, I swear I'm missing okay, okay. someone. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> uh, well, we know who Colin's voting for, uh, but uh, yeah, I'll go with Mathis because well, I, I I feel like we're missing people, but whatever. I, I can't remember. I, I'm sure that I ranked Mathis and Kincaid very close together. They probably were both in my top five. Uh, I can't remember which one I had where. Uh, they're both so good for different reasons. I, I think Mathis is your typical classic Bond ally. And I think that's one of the things that uh, whether people are conscious to think about it or not, it's one of the things that grounds Casino Royale is such a great Bond movie because you, you've got such a, a, a change in tone and so many things that are different about it, but you have that traditional ally. You have the the Jack Wade, the the Felix, the uh, Karen Bay uh, for him to play off of, the local uh, and uh, bring it back the second time. I actually think that the way that they use Mathis and Quantum Solace is one of the things that works best about Quantum Solace. Uh, but uh, I don't know, Kincaid, he's, he's different from a Bond ally. And I think one of the things that works so well with Kincaid is uh, if you are around the time Skyfall came out, it's the fact that this was, for whatever reason, the one character they didn't want to reveal who they were playing. Maybe that you knew the name Kincaid, but you didn't see Albert Finney in the promotional materials. You know, you you, you didn't see him in the trailers or anything. He didn't want to deter viewers. But, um, but, uh, but I, I think that the fact that you have that surprise that A, Skyfall is his childhood home and that Kincaid is Alfred. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's such a cool twist. And you know, I'm going to stand by my statement to a certain extent. Uh, Here we go. You watch Skyfall and oh. just the way that Kincaid ah! isn't phased by anything. The fact that Bond's like shooting everything in his perfect marksman. He's like, what is it you said you did for a living again? The, the welcome to Scotland. Such a great moment. Oh, like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not the only Kincaid fan out there, uh, but it, it is. You're the only one left alive. <laughs> it's just great that we have, uh, some bond allies in there, even if again, it's inconsistent that they kind of did different things with, you know, um, uh, you know, we're not getting the lazy man. This isn't like the Elvis we don't have the Elvis, I guess, uh, a lazy man's uh, thing. Cause even Mendel, I, it's a stretch to call him a ally, but it's different from something we've seen before. You know, the, the characters feel like they matter a little bit in the, the Craig movies when we do get a proper ally that's given screen time. Yeah, uh, I love me some Mathis. I think I'll go Kinkade. Because uh, he, he fits that fun sort of, like, I get quarrel vibes from Kinkade. Uh, maybe. Uh, both of them die. Oh, wait. Does Kinkade <laughs> die? <doesn't laughs> die? Oh, I mean, he he's did. dead. He was hit by a That's train. Not- That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is dead, but not the character. Uh, but. Uh, 
and what's his name? John blah blah blah, who played Quarrel, also dead. Um, for a long time. Uh, for a long time. Yeah, uh, but Boom. he's just a fun character. So Mathers is fun in his own right, but in fun in sort of a Craig kind of way. But I feel like King K could <laughs> kind of be slotted into a Brosnan. He could be slotted into a more era, Ooh. a Connery, and dare I say, even a Dalton. So give, give it, give it to King. All right, cool. There's a lot of uh, editing done there. Thanks, Ben. Um, all right, so pre-titles, which uh, we we were all unanimous last time around, and I feel like nothing has really changed in this one. So uh, Casino Royale, eh, black and white, cool. Yeah, Quantum. I'm the only one who doesn't hate on Quantum. I don't mind that car chase, uh, but it's not going to win. Did I, I don't think I hated on it? Did I? I feel you were, I mean, Noel was down on it, but Noel's down on anything. I hate him. Um, Skyfall, I believe I was the only one who really talked up Skyfall, which is interesting. I, I was thinking how pre title one, I, you talked it up as well. But that episode <laughs> this today, I'm memory to. where he's the old, he's a, he's one man standing alone. He does <laughs> one the, episode by himself. And then, <laughs> I listened to, listen to the damn thing today. I should know. Skyfall, the, the whole chase turkey thing, good. Spectre, obviously, the helicopter, Mexico City, Day of the Dead, and then No Time to Die, the four hour introduction of a flashback versus a cool car chase and then leaving on the train that's my opinion of it um skyfall uh specter sorry hands down i mean i think i came that number two overall of mine that came at number one on our list it's just epic um it really is i i'm an idiot forever slightly talking it down on our initial reaction episode all those years ago um but yeah no time to die is a great opening sequence as well it's a bit dis looted all over the place with a flashback there as well but I mean like it's, it's weird because I, I, I'm one to talk down the finales and we'll get to that in the Craig era but really the Craig era has some very good opening sequences I mean I'm not huge on the Casino Royale one but it's unique I mean it's memorable with the black and white and no fucking gun barrel but you remember it. I mean, I think you remember, even Quantum, I would argue, you remember the car chase. Like, I I, I think the car chase is a very well shot car. It's probably the best, one of the best bits, maybe not the best, but outside of the opera scene of the entire movie. Um, so, yeah, Craig Era, good for the opening title sequences, but I'll give it to Spectre. Uh, you know, one of the things I like about the Casino Royale one, even though it is just so simple and black and white and all that, is that it, it it feels more in line with the older Bond movies. Uh, and I'm not saying like we need to make everything like the classic movies. It's just, it's kind of a nice thing for the first movie. If you were to imagine this all chronologically somehow, Casino Royale's pre-title scene and From Russia With Love's pre-title scene, they feel like they fit together. They feel like the same people were making it. They weren't trying to go so over the top yet. Uh, the Quantum one is is kind of fun, a uh, little car chase. Uh, I don't mind it. it. It's I like that it's just sort of, a brief action sequence and is done because uh, not all ones need to be 15 to 20 minutes long. Uh, Skyfall is a fantastic pre-title sequence. Um, the, the funny thing is, and no time to die, obviously that's it's, it's weird that it's multiple scenes, but I think what it does do with the, uh, the Italy stuff is great, but I, I sort of oh, admitted it. Italy got it right this time. Good job, Colin. Well done. <laughs> Where's the Acropolis? Um, oh. but, uh, Welcome to Scotland. Spectre, I wondered if the recency bias had something to do with, you know, I ranked it number one. I think even when we did the um, the the recap of Spectre, I was saying this might be the best pre-title sequence for me of all time. Uh, and then when we did our rankings, I'm like, okay, is this still recency bias? 
now that enough time has passed, about a decade since Spectre came out by my count, uh, and almost everything with that movie I have a negative opinion on now, when I rewatched it, the last two times I rewatched it in the last year, uh, that pre-title sequence still holds up to me. Like that is to me still to this day, the greatest pre-title sequence of any James Bond movie ever. So that that's easily going to take it from me. And uh, I kind of wish the rest of the movie had held up that well. It does, but whatever, you're an idiot. Uh, uh, I don't know what you guys are on with the quantum stuff. I, I find it woeful. I easily bottom woeful. three, bottom Ooh. five. <laughs> woeful. Not to no effect. It's woeful. The horse. Uh, we like horses on this show. The horse isn't no. in the opening. The horse isn't in the so, opening. Exactly. The fact that I didn't even know that. Tells you everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're a James Bond podcast. We're experts on this thing. That tells you everything. Like, you know I what? For that, I'm going to say that that is a no effect with the Ben Fact sound because that deserved a positive sound oh, for once. With a Ben Fact sound, I'm, I'm not worthy. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, then, uh, like, then I'm going to say it needed horses. Um, but Everything does. Good looking horses. Yeah, horses are good. Um, They're hot. The Casino Royale, Casino Royale opening with horses. <laughs> bond finding a horse in the toilet stalls. <laughs> bond, you needed two, two kills. Uh, one was Dryden. And the other was Flo. <laughs> Move oh, your ass, Flo. <laughs> That's what we needed. We needed Craig So we know we never say horse. never again when the horse falls off the cliff. That's just uh, Connery trying to get his double O status. <laughs> he needed to renew his license to kill. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like it, but I think I'm a bit with Ben. It's a bit like, yeah, it's something different, but it's just still that kind of Craig-era sort of hipster sort of thing. Um, Skyfall, I, I'm i not as in on it as you guys, but obviously the stunts are just amazing. Uh, I'm not denying that Skyfall is not great. Uh, so Spectre, No Time, I kind of want to give it to No Time to Die, uh, but the flashback do kills it. it for me. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 dumb flashback though. It's like if Madeline escaped from that house on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Maybe or on Billy Magnuson's back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if Saffron was on a horse and Madeline was on Billy Magnuson's back <laughs> and there was a chase, then it probably gets there. Um, that's that's the, that's the number one Bond movie right there. And then Shrek is the one that pulls her out from underneath the ice. <laughs> or Shrek's the one, one drunk on, Shrek is the one drunk and on Javier the couch. Bardem is just there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shrek is the one with the wine glass. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shrek is played by Javier Bardem. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would watch that. Uh, Shrek fall. Um, but... I don't know if there was a, a Madeline Saffin horse chase. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm giving you two some credit. Not the band. They're, they're a good band. Freak, no, I hate Beautiful you uh, <laughs> Edge, who calls himself the Edge. Uh, I appreciate Colin. Giving, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> uh, 
I'm giving uh, Colin and Ben some credit for the first time on this show because I listened to you two do the pre-titles. I did too. I was never invited to. to uh, when, when you was were. You were invited. You're literally invited to every episode we do. Oh, nah, I'm busy. Can't be bothered. Including the Diamonds Are Forever 50th anniversary that you Yeah, that you wanted. And then every single time we try to do it, I'm busy. I'm out this week. I'm out this week. When do we have to do it, by? <laughs> no, I'm still up for it. So, <laughs> Brent, if you're listening or whoever commented, I'm up for it. Um, but you two kind of did sway me on the spectre. I, it's not the best. I, no, it's not iconic enough to be the best. Spy Love Me is the best. Goldeneye is the the best. Um, but you two really sold it for me that I never really thought of it that way. But it really is great. Um, so, guess I'll give it to. Oh, I'll be different. I'll give it to No Time to Die because the Italy stuff is just so good. But you guys did sell me on Spectre, so well done to you two. Old men have convinced young man for once. And I'll just take this time to say, yeah, also, uh, well done to you two as well. Beautiful day. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, Beautiful actually, I'm more, day. I'm more of a Sunday bloody Sunday man. Um, good song, you know. Good. Yep. It's it's also where the streets have no name. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 yeah, very true. Um, the what was that? Whoa, the sweetest thing. Yeah. Hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill oh, me. Oh, that made my top 100 songs of all time. I should have gone for that. Good. That's a great song. Fucking great. No, what's wrong with you? How do you not like you too? <laughs> he's more of he's more of an aha guy. <laughs> M- M- Madonna or you too? You too. <laughs> there, there as in, as in that ben wasn't the band. He was saying me and yeah, yeah. Ben and Colin. Um, song slash titles. Uh, so obviously, dearly departed Chris Cornell and the very iconic animated Noah uh, title sequence. Uh, then we have Alicia Keys. And Jack White yelling at each other while sand dunes are created on Windows 95. Adele winning an Oscar in Skyfall with uh, some unique visuals of Bond and Graves and shit. Uh, Then we have Spectre, Sam Smith, the only gay man ever to sing a James Bond song. Actually, is he the only gay man to sing a James Bond song? He probably would be, wouldn't he? I don't know. know. You sang many on this show. (laughs) Um... And that's a <laughs> Colin fact. No, it's not for that. It's a play this song. There we go. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Sam Smith with Spectre and Octopus Porn. And Billie Eilish, uh, she thinks it's dope, duh. And the throwback central when it comes to the title sequences. Um, not a question for me for the title sequence, Casino Royale. I spoiled in the last episode. We haven't done this. It should be our next rankings episode, but I'm spoiling it now. To me, the greatest title sequence of James Bond history. Uh, it's so unique. It's so amazing. I love it, and it just it is fantastic. And I will also give You Know My Name, Ben, huh? uh, to me, the best song from this era. I think I was with you, Noah. I think we both ranked it at number two overall on our list. Um, it's a great song. It is so fantastic. It's so Bondian. It's just got such a sound to it. Um, and I, I absolutely love it. I, I absolutely love, you know, my name to death. So yeah, it's a sweep for me for Casino Royale for both. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really struggling between Casino Royale and Spectre, uh, and they're completely different. Like Casino Royale is, it's the perfect classic Bond title sequence. And I would say Spectre is like the perfect modern Bond title sequence. Um, 
nothing against the other ones. Uh, I think Skyfall actually is uh, quite good. I think that Quantum and No Time to Die are, they're not the worst, but they're definitely very average. But uh, I might give the nod to Spectre um, only because there's so many like ridiculous things in there. I mean, Casino Royale is the perfect just traditional title sequence, but I feel like Spectre kind of has like this golden eye thing going on where you have silly things in there that, you know, they're going to make you stop and kind of chuckle a little bit as you're watching it. Unfortunately, the song really does drag it down though. But um, from the very moment that I saw Skyfall, I, as soon as those credits ended, I'm like, okay, that is the greatest Bond theme I've heard all time. And again, wondering recency bias. Now we're 10 years removed from it. I still say that's my favorite Bond song of all time. I'm, almost positive I ranked it as number one. If I didn't, then I should. Um, but uh, that that's to me a perfect Bond theme. And I love uh, a lot. I'll even defend another way to die to a certain extent. Not oh. really where writing's on the wall. Um, but uh, yeah, there's been some bad songs in here, but I, I, I think we talked about this before. Another way to die is an instrumental great song. Uh, another way to die with the vocals, terrible song, but uh, instrumental version, not bad. Uh, it's it's really is just Skyfall <laughs> Casino Royale, you know you know my name, but uh, both oh. are great songs, but easily Skyfall oh. number one. Double Seven also a better instrumental without the vocals. Um, that's a bad uh, disaster. That's a bad disaster. I I mean I hate going last because I'm just echoing 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 Hello. Uh, everything. That- you guys said because it's not uh no time to die that title sequence goes way down for me each time uh it's a quantum of sellers like uh weren't there horses in that title sequence i think uh i remember there being horses in those sand dunes um <laughs> but you don't like sand no i don't like sand or horses they're coarse and they're rough and they neigh yeah. everywhere Horses definitely are no, very I, coarse. What, what am horses I are horse, of course, of course. <laughs> Mr. Red jokes. <laughs> and that's a bit fat. Uh, Can we close out with the Mr. Red theme? <laughs> I mean, you you make fun of me for liking old crap. You're bringing Mr. Ed into When are they going to bring back Mr. Ed? Mr. Red. I really come when over from school. Bringing- when Colin, old oh, boomer, you're it, muted. It, is does Mr. Ed predate our parents? <laughs> but like you used to like, I'd come home from school. I remember they used to in the afternoon. You'd have like Mr. Ed, Get Smart, I Dream of Genie. So love Mr. Ed, Wilbur. <laughs> like it's a man talking to a horse. What's so funny about that? That's that's America's version of Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. I was gonna say, is this like your your talking animal love, like Skippy the Bush? And- what, did, what did Canada have? Like oh, hey, the old moose or something like that. <laughs> like, Actually, I was gonna Murray say we moose. had we had a show that seemed similar to your Skippy, but it was it was taken a little more seriously. It was hobo. Um, what, what was, was it? it shotgun? The, the littlest, the littlest hobo. That's what it was called. <laughs> Yeah, it was a dog that just—it was a dog that traveled around and met new people and had adventures. It was a dog. It wasn't an actual hobo. Like, well, the dog was the hobo. I just like the Colin said. We had a show similar to Skippy, but a bit more serious. It was called Hobos. (laughs) I thought Canada was a nice country. It's a bit disparaging to homeless fellas. Calling them the little hobo. Hobo, 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 <laughs> the homeless man. We're closing out uh, with Mr. Ed. 
What a what a what a song. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> world's red song. The same. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. I know we can talk oh, about that's horse, what it's from. Okay. Oh, that's a horse. The famous Mr. Ed. No, it's not. It's a Mr. Ed song. And that's a Ben. Uh, the the world was robbed of never having Roger Moore guest star on Mr. Ed. Because can you imagine Actually, Roger Moore talking to a talking horse? Can I ask a quick question on Roger Moore guest starring? Was Roger Moore in an episode of Alias? Uh, yeah, he was. He was in the first it, season. There was something I was reading recently, and I, I was thinking, like, how has this never been brought up that Colin's like love of Alias and Roger Moore appears in Alias? Yeah. Like, what the hell? He was like the first, they, that was one of the first shows that got like a lot of guest stars. Like Quentin Tarantino did a couple episodes and uh, Ethan Hawke and everybody. But yeah, Roger Moore oh, was like their Hawk. first big oh, Academy Award winner. I mean, this was literally right after big he won star. the Oscar. Ethan Hawke. How is, do you, you know who Ethan Hawke is? Of course is I know who Ethan Hawke is, but the name hasn't been mentioned since 2003. Like, come on. He's, he's won an Oscar since then, hasn't he? Faye Dunaway won an Oscar, but we don't talk about Faye Dunaway in 2022. They got Ethan Hawke, but did they get Matthew Ulmery? <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, now, Mr. Ed reboot starring Ethan Hawke. And the corpse yeah. of Roger Moore. I thought Ethan Hawke was nominated star? for Ethan an Oscar. Hawk did he win? Uh, well, he, I think he. I thought he won for Boyhood, but yeah, he's been nominated a couple times. He's been nominated. He's never won. <laughs> I guess that means he's not a star, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I've not won an Oscar, so he's been nominated four, three times, four times, three times, four times. That's a lot. Well, twice for an actor and twice for adapted screenplay. Big yep. star. Anyways, wasn't he in Mr. Robot? With, was that him? Was he in Mr. Robot? I don't know. I'm looking with, it up. He was, with Rami Malek? Or am I making that up? You're no, making that you're up. making he it up. He was in Moby Dick. We've <laughs> <laughs> got Dick. him on the line right now because he's not doing much else. <laughs> Ethan, how are you? Welcome to the show. <laughs> and we've also got Mr. Ed on the other line. Uh, and Roger Moore, but it's a bit, it's a bit quiet. Um, oh, too soon. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, what are we talking about? The... Songs. Songs. Title sequence. Well, not No Time to Die and not uh, not uh, Writings on the Wall. Uh, I'm going to go with Ben on the no, uh, You Know My Name, Noah. Uh, Miss, you Know My Name, Mr. Ed. Uh, <laughs> but it is just so Bondian and so epic. It amps you up. But I, I will agree with Colin a bit. Like Skyfall is kind of the perfect modern song for the modern era. It's, it's the modern era's Bond song. And I'm kind of shocked they never got Adele back. I mean, there's only been well, two tried, films, but haven't they? Have... Every single new one, like Adele's coming back, and then she never does. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not a big Adele fan, but I feel like she's going to have bigger lasting power than Billie Eilish will. She in lost weight. Years time. Yeah, good on her. Uh, she's not Jennifer Love Good off her. <laughs> <laughs> Me, Ben, Adele, all lost weight. Colin, Colin, Colin? you can do it too. <laughs> Be more, like <laughs> Be more like Adele. Be more like Adele. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not a big Adele fan, but I feel like that's going to last. Like, Billie Eilish in 10 years. Are we talking about Billie Eilish? Um, well, that one reviewer left us a thing. We're living in her world. So, I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> careful what you say. I mean, I can't speak. We are the podcasters spent 10 minutes talking about Mr. Ed. So we probably will be talking about Billy Eilish. <laughs> or we're in, in Mr. Years. Ed's world. 
There's a man. <laughs> Great smile. Holy oh, I mean, <laughs> seriously. Um, but I'll, I'll go with you know my name, but no. Skyfall is great. And the title sequence, I'm with Colin. I'm going to go with Spectre. I think it's so beautiful. The colors are amazing. I love all the octopus stuff, the falling. Shame the song wasn't better. Uh, but I can see what Ben's saying. I love the kind of car playing. It's so unique. The only thing I don't like from that one is when it turns real life. It's, it doesn't age overly well to me. It looks a bit off, but it's still such a great top five title sequence. So both of them are great. So, yeah, Craig, really, it's those two films for Craig. The other three, you know, Skyfall titles are a bit just unmemorable to me. I famously said this episode would go for an hour. It's not. So I'm going to lump the last few together and then we'll just close it out with all our ranking things. So basically we've got cue scenes slash gadgets slash vehicle battles slash final sequences. All right. So we're going to do this all together. Um, cue scene to me, honestly, now I'm, I want to say no time to die in the apartment. I, I, I know it's technically not a cue scene as such where he's giving in the gadgets and stuff, but I don't know. Like I just kind of like that. It's, I mean, I went so much up on Ben Wishore in, in No Time to Die, and that kind of, to me, fits it. But special mention to On the Plane in No Time to Die with the tea set. Uh, that's kind of funny. And and the P's Glorious stuff is kind of funny with the, the enzyme shake and everything along those lines. Um, gadgets. Ugh, I mean, what do we have? Uh, I mean, nanobots, they're not just for Christmas. I mean, is that a gadget? I mean, it's kind of the villain's weapon, so not really. Um Smart blood again always keeps coming up. Uh, the exploding watch. His watch. Yeah, well, he's, uh, he's EMP. You know, poor Trevelyan had to steal a freaking Goldeneye weapon. He's just on a fucking watch in no time to die. Um, a radio. A radio. We don't really go for those anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, not the era for gadgets, really, the Craig one. Um, vehicle battles. Uh, I'm still going to, I mean, I guess we go to Casino Royale, I guess we had the flippy, flippy, the Quantum Solace, we had the opening sequence, Skyfall, the the motorbike chase, I guess, is the, the car, I mean, the end is kind of a car chase because he uses the DB5 to shoot, it's not really a chase, it's a pen, stupid thing to say, uh, obviously Spectre, we had the, the Rome one, and No Time to Die, Italy again, I, I, I love the No Time to Die one, I just, uh, sorry, the Spectre one, because again, I, I don't know which one of you two was agreeing with me that it's just, it it's such a throwback to the like the Roger Moore era car chases. It's fucking hilarious with the dun, 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 stuck behind the old man and just ringing up money penny at this time of night. Like it's just it's such a throwback to the Roger Moore era. It's hilarious. So Spectre for me for the vehicle battle. And the final sequences, again, I'm very down on the Daniel Craig era. I don't think it like it's probably the worst era for the final sequences. Um, I, I, I think I gave it a Casino Royale in our first one. I'm actually going to give it to No Time to Die because, I mean, A, it's arguably the most memorable final sequence in the history of Bond because Bond freaking dies. Um, I think I was the only one who was a bit high up on the island. Yeah, like, yeah, I think I agree with both of you when you said, like, they could have done so much more, Roger Moore with it, like, bring in an army, bring in this, make the Garden of Death more of a thing and everything. But visually, it's the most spectacular, I think, of all the final sequences. And again, Bond freaking dies. And just that whole sequence of him going up the stairs like a video game, mowing down everyone, it's just badass Bond. Um, We get, you know, the one liner killing Cyclops and just the emotion of it right at the end. So, yeah, I'm going to give the final sequence to No Time to Die. It's something that I didn't think I would do. But, again, the Craig era sucks for the final sequences. So, 
not really maybe a hard choice. Uh, well, I'll get to that in a second because I think I kind of disagree. Um, I, 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 I just want to give an honorable mention. I mean, obviously the apartment scene with Q is the best, but uh, honorable mention to the plane scene, the, the the briefing right before the battle, just just for the tea set and also just for the energy there. Uh, you know, all three, uh, Nomi, Bond, and Q, just like the, the playing off each other was great. You know, uh, uh, I'm assuming you know how to fly this thing. No, <laughs> little things like that. There's there's a kind of a subtle sense of humor in it. Um, gadgets i mean we didn't get great gadgets in these movies the gadgets we had were played more straight than it was as oh that's a cool gag but uh uh the emp just for the payoff of primo's eye is pretty epic uh but i just want to go with that along grouped in with the whole car chase because i agree the specter car chase is fantastic of you who agree with me okay there yeah i i really love that sequence uh and also just all the little things like the, the 009 playlist or whatever. <laughs> do, the fact do, that they, do, do. I'm going to call that a gadget, like synchronized uh, Spotify playlists. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm going to call a gadget because I feel like that even, really works. Even the, the ejector seat, like like it's the first time we've ever seen Bond use the ejector seat in one of his cars. And when he lands with like the parachute and was he just like, good evening. And he just like adjusts his suit and just keeps walking off. Like there's a Craig having fun as Bond moment. That mm-hmm. car chase. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and in No Time to Die, here's the other thing. I feel like he's kind of having fun. Like, this is why I was saying earlier on, in No Time to Die, even aside from you know, the fact that he dies in this movie and that you have this tragedy thing with uh, the, the virus, uh, I feel like he's having fun in that whole movie, including going into that battle, like the 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 plane flying in when they're there, him and Nomi just kind of double teaming people. Like, I think there's just oh. this energy about No Time to Die where, uh, yes, <laughs> including Billy Magnuson and the horse. But everything really does work with that, you know, final final uh, layer battle. Uh, and I will agree. I think that's the best that we're, we got in all these movies. But I also want to say Casino Royale, yes, it's, you know, kind of a last minute thing at the end of the movie, but the visual of this house sinking, I think is fantastic. And uh, it's a little bit brief, but it's probably no briefer than the climaxes of Dr. No or from Russia with Love or, um, you know, maybe even uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service and the Peace Glory sequence really only comes in like the last 10 minutes. Uh, so I actually really like the um, Casino Royale one. Quantum of Solace is a little bit weird, but there's some good bits in there. Skyfall is a fantastic climax uh, and Spectre is the wrong location, the wrong everything, just it's wrong. Uh, but I'll give it to No Time to Die. I'm going to agree with you. I agree with Ben. I, I would say that sound clip, but I already got that one, so it's fine. <laughs> and that's a Ben fact. Yeah, I, you guys are much higher on Ben Wishaw than I am, even after the third one, like, if he doesn't sign on again, I'm fine with that. I'm only okay with him staying on because of the rest of the crew. Um, I'll go with the apartment, but special shout out because it's one of my favorite moments from No Time to Die. I've brought it up before is when he says, like, oh, Bond, it's so nice to see you. Like, shut up, Q. I know he's staying with you. I love that. <laughs> just, I love just the that. thought of Bond staying with Q. And we are so robbed of not getting more scenes more more scenes of we are on staying in crate uh in wishaw's q's apartment like uh i I wish we got to see that date take place um 
but special shout out to that scene but i'll go with the apartment too um uh what else were we doing climaxes and what else vehicle battles uh gadgets and climax gadgets i got nothing um <laughs> like the special dishonorable mention to the Qdar because I I Aww. love how big that thing is. Like I like Qdar like, when he calls it Qdar. Yeah, it's we're cute. Living in, we're living in 2022 where you can get anything this size, Ben sized. Uh, <laughs> like Qdar is so big, it's so impractical for any agent to take this like ginormous tube with the like nobody's got it around her shoulders. Like take the Qdar. She's a size. Yeah, but you don't. Can you at least say you like the idea that he has named it Qdar and yeah, he's given like his little about his little Japanese symbols, like his, his psi and everything? Like that's so such I feel a cute that's, thing a, that's to a Desmond Llewellyn uh, thing. Desmond yeah. Llewellyn's calling that Qdar, customizing it. I don't know. It had to be one of the worst gadgets, though, just by by physical appearance. Like it's a ginormous black tube. Again, it's um, about personality, Noah. Well, okay, it's just how you use the gadget. It's not, the size, the, it's not the size of the boat, it's the motion of the ocean. <laughs> ben fact. That is a um, Ben fact. Um, but, you, you know, it's it's pretty crap. Um, pretty crap. I don't know, I don't have a favorite <laughs> gadget. Like, the, the watch. I, I Yeah, I don't have one. A smart blood, like, why do they keep using that? No, no one likes smart blood. Why do they keep bringing it back? Bring back even blood. <laughs> um, bring back blue bloods. It's still um, <laughs> Tom Selleck. Jennifer Love Hewitt on it. No. Um, yeah. I don't know. What are they doing? Casino Royale when they they put the thing in him? I'll vote for that. A microchip. Um, <laughs> it's, that, that was you know how to say Simpsons predict everything. That was predicting Elon Musk. Shipping all of us with COVID vaccines. Casino Royale had it. Ow. My vote for best gadget is a, a microchip. Um, My vote for best gadget is Billy Magnuson. Now that's a gadget. Um, <laughs> Spectre gadget. Uh, I, the car chases, uh, I want to go for No Time to Die because I love the you can. Uh, spinning in the DB5. No, but again, like, no Time to Die pre-titles is so good, but it is missing something. So is it really Billy much Magnuson. of a car chase? Uh, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, he drops the explosive behind him. We got the, the, no, uh, no, the sheep. It, it is, but like when we're comparing it to the Lotus or like uh, the, the Citrus or all these different things, um, I guess I'll go with you guys with Spectre, but I don't like it as, as much as you guys do. I think you overhyped the Spectre. It's good, but it's it's so soulless to me. It's missing a lot. Uh, I think you underhyped it. <laughs> I, you're saying it's a Roger Moore one. If you put that up against For Your Eyes Only, uh, against Spy Love Me, against uh, Man with the Golden Cut, no, it's... It's not but a Roger Moore. I, I, I think we had this debate in one of the episodes. Like, I agree with that, but I think what I reference that is that it's as close as we get to one in, like, I, again, I think I said this in, oh. when we had this debate. Even Brosnan didn't really have, like, a sort of a Roger Moore style 
I mean, Tomorrow Never Dies kind of when he's got the whole car thing with his phone, but we didn't really even get a, a Brosnan. So, like, this is, to me, it's the first time we've had, like, a comedic car chase since the Moore era. More, more era. More era. Ben, okay, I'll give you that, but the closest we've ever got to you reading a book is the, the Timothy Dalton Lost Adventures, and that doesn't mean it's hey, a Fleming book. That was, like, four, <laughs> that was, like, probably longer than all the Fleming books combined. It was a long Because we get close to something doesn't mean it is something. Um, 007. So, Just because it's close to being good doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, exactly. And that's a 007 fact. <laughs> Don't um, have a sound effect for that. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I'm not saying I think it's bad, but just the fact that it kind of takes place at midnight, it feels soulless. Yes, we've got the old man, but I want the drunken man in the background. I want the the Italians flinging all over the place and it, it feels soulless to me, but the attractive is great. The old man is great. And all the stuff you said is great is great. When we rank the car chases, it will not be, I mean, the, let's face it, the more era, more era is going to dominate with the car chases in our rankings, but yeah, I'll go Spectre, but I'm not hyping it as much as you guys are. I think you guys overhype it, Colin thinks I underhyped it. So Always maybe running. it's somewhere in the middle. Uh, did you have a final sequence? <laughs> he really wasn't. Final, final sequence. What's your favorite? Uh, uh, special dishonorable mention to Spectre. Uh, when we finally rank the final climaxes, that's going to be maybe bottom Aww. three, bottom five. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's bad. It is. No, Quantum of Solace is worse. But um, <laughs> I don't know, bottom five? Maybe it's crap. It's not good. Um, I don't know. I think I'm probably with you, Ben, on the no time to die. Actually, like it's. I don't really love the Garden of Death, but it's the action sequences are great, and I love Rami's death. It's so unique for a Bond villain, and then the Bond's death is. I still tear up watching it. It's such an emotional, great scene. Hans Zimmer, everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not Spectre, it's not Quantum. Um, Skyfall is great with the Home Alone. But, yeah, pro- probably agree with you, No Time to Die. This, that's a, that's a Ben fact. The agreeing in this yeah. episode is, uh, is great. So what we are going to do now is to give our final tallies and catch up on everything when it comes to all our little segmentes and things along those lines. So let's right now play this. Mr. Kiss, Kiss. Bang, bang. So, obviously, we don't have to debate this. I can just basically bring you a list. And what I've got for you here is I have a list for all of our Bond actors and the decade. Now, obviously, this is what we did in the Craig one is we did it still by decades, even though we don't do these by decades. So, for example, I have the 2000s, which includes Die Another Day. I then have the 10s. And now we've got the 20s, which obviously includes one film. So... Um, quick question to each of you. Which decade do you think has the most kills between the 60s and the 20s? <laughs> I'll just say this hasn't changed since the last time we did this. So if you remember that. <laughs> I'm going to say, is it the 90s? It is the 90s. The 90s had, actually, no, sorry. Incorrect. It's the 60s. 83. The 90s had 81. Um, the 20s have 57 because there's only one film. Uh, and the lowest kills are the 2000s. Uh, thank you, Die Another Day, Xenorail, Quantum Souls. Uh, which decade has the most fucks in it? 
Oh, the 60s. 19. All the syphilis back in the 60s. Uh, Which decade has the most martinis in it? Uh, 70s? 80s? Nope. Nope. 60s as well? Nope. 90s. The 2000s has six. Really? Really. And which decade does he like to say his his name the most? And I'll give you a hint. There's two. There's a tie for first. 90s and 70s? Think about which actor really likes to say his name over all of them. 60s. Come on, Noah, this is you. Hello, my name is Roger. Roger Moore. Was it the 70s or is it the 70s 80s? And the, 70s and the 80s. Seven apiece. Um, so there you go. I just sent a reminder to people, 402 Bond kills, 60 fucks. 25 martinis and 27 Bonds, James Bonds. The actors. Now, this is where things get interesting now because obviously we've got the end of the Craig era. So this is an interesting one. Who has the most kills of all the Bond oh, actors? I'm going to assume it's Craig now. Craig. With it is Craig 57. now with no time to die. 129. He's the only one in triple digits. Brosnan had and 96. Almost, wait, almost half of those are from one movie. I gotta say, I watched a video the other day, and they were talking about the kill count in, no- and they they claimed the kill count in No Time to Die was like officially fifteen. I'm like, what movie did you watch? <laughs> what were they watching? The PG I, version? <laughs> I, I was like, what? I had to double take it. I'm like, really? Um, yeah. So Brosnan has ninety six. Well, Connery, Connery eighty four. Roger Moore seventy three. Dalton thirteen, and George Lazenby seven. Who has the most fucks? Do we remember this one? Because this hasn't changed. Craig didn't fuck that much. It has, so. to, be mo- it has to be more. It is. He had 19, uh, two more than Connery. Well, uh, more. Craig only ended up with seven. So Craig is in the middle, uh, only below him are Dalton and Lazenby. Um, who drinks the most out of all the Bonds? Are No. Brosnan? No. And more? <laughs> no. Craig, eight. Really? What? Really? I feel like we never see him drinking. Craig has, well, he does a lot. No time to die. Does not much chance. He has eight. Uh, Brosnan is next with five. Four for Dalton and Connery. Roger Moore only has three. George Lane's one. I read an interesting fact, and I don't know if this is something we ever picked up on. Did you know that Roger Moore apparently never orders a martini himself? He never utters the line, martini shaken, not stirred. I mean, we see Tracy does it for him. Yeah, everybody does it for uh, him. Which I like. I mean, it's I, Roger Moore. People but, but like, do things for him. It's true, but like, Colin's back with us now. Did you know this fact, Colin, that Roger Moore never orders a martini? He never utters a line, martini shaken, not stirred. Everybody else orders it for him. Really? That's how I read a fact. That's a that's a that's not a Ben fact. How many does he drink though? Uh he has three. So he's got besides Lazy he's only got one. He's got the lowest. But like this was a because apparently I read that it came down to that was what they deemed a Sean Connery one liner. It wasn't a Bond wow. one liner at the time. But um fascinating. I didn't know that until I read that recently. So there you go. Uh and speaking of names. Again, we've really answered Roger Moore, top 11. So Craig ends up with four. So there you go. All right. So uh, now that we've done that, let's move into... Rankings, baby. 
So really what we'll do here, I think, is obviously our decades because I don't think either of you are probably going to change your overall rankings of the films. I don't know if you know them off the top of your head. I can read them out. I've got them here. So my ranking of this era, uh, you two have exactly the same rankings. Your rankings are Casino Royale first, Skyfall second, No Time to Die third, Spectre fourth, Quantum of Solace fifth. Are you both locking that in? That's not changing. Then Nettie. Lock it in. All right. So mine is No Time to Die first, Spectre second, Skyfall third, Casino Royale fourth, and Quantum of Solace fifth. So um, That's a bend disaster. There you go. Uh, so ranking of the decades. Now, um, last time out, just to refresh people's memories, and again, this might not change. I don't know. Noah, you had from first to fifth, you went 60s, 70s, 80s, 2000s, 90s. And we'll just clarify, when we're saying 2000s and 90s, the so 90s is basically the Brosnan Pierce. era and the o, the OOs is basically the Craig era. So that was yours. Colin, your ranking was 60s, 2000s, 90s, 70s, 80s. Mine was 90s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 2000s. So uh, let's start with Colin first. Are you changing that or are you sticking to that ranking? Does the 2000s move because of No Time to Die? Uh, so where did I have it originally? You had it second behind the 60s. Yeah, well, it is going to change, but I think it's more just my love for the 90s. Um, oh, yes. Because because really, I mean, other than Die Another Day, you've got three solid movies in there and and you have, you know, uh, one good one, one bad one for... Um, I, and as funny thing is, I, I think both have gone up for me. That's the, the main thing. Uh, you, you know what also... Okay, so what did I have as my lowest? 70s or 80s? 80s. Of course it's the 80s. <laughs> Was that a no, question for you? you know, here's, no, here's the thing. I, <gasps> I'm going to change it because let's <gasps> look at the 70s objectively here. Oh, you already know I don't like Diamonds Are Forever at all. Live and Let Die is really good, but I wouldn't necessarily call Live and Let Die great. Man with a Golden Gun is really good, but I wouldn't call it great. Spy Who Loved Me is amazing. Moonraker is really good, but I wouldn't call it great. Um, then you got in the 80s, you've got For Your Eyes Only, which I think is a great movie. Um, oh, you know what? There may be even. That's the tough thing. I'm going to give the nod to the 70s below the 80s, Colin. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the nod to the 70s. To kill. I was going to say, you Living cannot have life. something with Timothy well, Dalton not at the bottom. But again, I would I would put Octopussy around the level as Live and Let Die. So it, it, it basically turns out to be, do you like Spy Who Loved Me or do you like Fear Eyes Only? And I love Fear Eyes Only, but Spy Who Loved Me would get the nod. So yeah, I'm going to go uh, 60s, 90s, 2000s, Yay. 80s, 70s, 80s. Oh, yeah, 90s went up. Yay. Noah. Remind me again. So you went 60s, 70s, 80s, 2000s, 90s. The, the millennial voice of the show. <laughs> um, did I really put 90s last? You did, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, a world is not enough and I'm not a die another day. I like the, I like Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies, so only half of the 90s for me. But it, it feels wrong to have it last because I love Goldeneye yes, and I love Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> uh, so it feels wrong, but well, it's not wrong. enough. Die another day. No, thank you, Mr. Ed. Um, <laughs> I, I'll stick with, what was my first one? 60s? 60s. Yeah, stick with that. Stick with 70s and then stick with 80s. They're my top three. God, it's hard because Quantum of Solar stinks. Spectre's like, uh, is okay. No, I'll st- 
stick with what I've got because No Time to Die is upping the 2000s for me and Die Another Day and World is Not Enough is not for me. So as much as I love GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies, I'm going to stick with, uh, and as much as I much prefer Pierce over Bro- uh, Craig, I'm going to go Pierce over Brosnan. 60s, 70s, 80s, 2090s. Keep it the way it is. Um, yeah, I mean, 90s is not changing for me. Absolutely not. I, I love all of them. And uh, they're all in my top 10. Uh, I mean, two of them are in my top two. So uh, 90s doesn't change. I wish I could put the 80s up higher because I fell more in love with the Daltons, but I can't put it above them. So that's not changing. Um, yeah, even though I have so many 60s films in the lowest part, I mean, it's it's the classic era of Bond. There's, to me, in the 60s, there's only really one and a half bad movies. Um, so there's that. 70s, I mean, uh, that went up a lot just in terms of, you know, I much more of appreciation for Live and Let Die. Man with a Golden Gun gets so overlooked as a good, a good Bond film. Spy Who Loved Me is nearly perfect. Diamonds Are Forever, obviously, I love. And Moonrake is shit. Um, but I can't put that above anything else. And even though I literally have two of the films at number three and number four on my overall list, I still have the 2000s last just because... It's just its own beast. They're still, despite the fact No Time to Die Inspector to me changed it a little bit, they're still not Bond films. They're still not what I want from a Bond film and a Bond era. Like, I can put any of movie in the other decades and have fun. Yeah, I can put on No Time to Die and have fun. Yeah, I can put Spectre and have fun. Like, but it's, they're, they're longer and they're, they're kind of not the same element. Like, again, I know you two hate Die Another Day, but I'm sure you two would still argue that Die Another Day is more of a fun, even if it's a stupid movie, than Spectre and No Time to Die. Um, maybe then spring us into this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, my rankings aren't changing. Even though, again, no time to die is great. Um, and I, I, I'm the one lone Spectre defender on the planet. I just, it's just not my era. It's not, not hashtag you know what? Bond era. I actually, I'm sorry to go backwards on this, but I am going to make a change. Um, oh. And it, it, it's completely, absolutely irrelevant to this episode and Daniel Craig. Uh, but I just want to put the 70s on top. Because, oh, uh, I kind of thought you might do that. I honestly thought you might yeah, do that. Just hearing you speak then and then me and then Colin speak, Colin and me trying to convince Colin not to put it last <laughs> is uh, Spy Love Me hands down the best Bond film ever made. Diamonds Are Forever was my second Bond film. I'm the yeah, biggest your top like, two. Yeah, my top two. Uh, Colin sounds like Mr. Ed there. Um, my. <laughs> he does a good Mr. Ed. He does. Uh, it's almost as good as his Paul Rudd. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say Man with the Golden Gun is the greatest film, but like my lifelong Bond mission is to convince people that that's such an underrated. Film, and I think you two agree with me. Uh, Live and Let Die is a funny one because I liked it, then I didn't like it. Colin didn't like it, then he <laughs> liked it, and now I like it again. Um, and Moonraker is great fun. Uh, uh, Colin uh, uh, would agree with me. Oh, good Mr. Ed. Uh, <laughs> so I have fun with the 70s. So I love the 60s, but I'm going to go 70s, 60s, 80s, 2090s. That, that to me, like, I Completely, like that. Off topic, but I, I like that because to me that really kind of signifies each of us. I think that to me, Colin's always the '60s guy, like he's old, but like you know, he's, he's an on a Majesty's Secret, like defends the Connerys. I mean, Connery was his number one, so that kind of makes sense. Noah, your number one was Roger Moore. You appreciate sort of those films the most out of all of us. 
and I appreciate Brosnan the most. He was my number one, and I defend all of his films. So I think that signifies what our ranking should be. The moral of the story is no one likes Dalton. I love Dalton. (laughs) Don't bring me out of this. (laughs) It's such a Ben fact. I have 80s in number two. I'm the only one who's got it high. Uh, so our last bit here uh, is this. Oh. It's the hall, the hall with the classic scenes. Hall of Fame. So basically all we do here is we just, I think we just choose one from each movie as our, our solid Hall of Fame and maybe we can say what is the number one Hall of Fame moment of the Craig era. There's there's one for us. So Xena Royale, we had the torture scene, the parkour chase in Madagascar, and Vespa's death. What would be the oh. one from that? I would torture, go with the torture scene. Or death. I'd say torture, torture just because it's yeah, he's naked. Iconic. Craig, come on, it's hot. Um, but yeah, uh, quantum. Assault. Can I just say when we did all those little ranking things before, poor old Quantum didn't get number mentioned in anything. I mean, Strawberry Fields got lost out now to Paloma. So, uh, poor old Quantum. Um, yeah, the opera scene, death of Mathis, the death of Green made it. Uh, the opera scene for me easily. I don't care. Yeah. What a, I, I would almost want to just give an honorable. I'd want to give an honorable mention to the death of Mathis, but like, yeah, that opera scene is, it is a fantastic sequence, no matter what Bond movie you have it in. <laughs> Sorry, it's open Skyfall. There's a picture of Anna Stoke with uh, We have Silver's intro scene, the final Chapel Showdown, M's death, and the opening train sequence. Oh, the wrong train sequence in that movie. Um, Silver's intro scene. Oh, M's death, though. You know what, like, I, I think that that, again, because it sort of changed the franchise going forward, like, I would really push for Silva's intro. Mm. And because, yeah, Judy Dench, Dench's death scene, that kind of set the stage, but, like, it, they were going to top it. I, I feel like if we're looking at the death scenes, I think Felix's death scene is probably better. And I is think it the, the best intro of a villain of all time? That I think it is, yeah. Blofeld, I think- maybe, and you only live twice, but... Yeah, yeah, I think those are those are the two most iconic ones. And plus, we get like the you know what makes you think it was my first time. Oh, Mr. Bond. Yeah. And what a set I mean, too! Like, what an incredible set that is. I completely disagree, but life's too short to care that much. So whatever. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a, life's too short that's to the, care. That's the title of Idris Elba's first film. Life's too yeah. short to care. Life's too short Spectre. We had the Spectre boardroom meeting, pre-title sequence, and Mr. White meeting slash death slash kite dancing in a hurricane scene. I want to go with the boardroom. I know, like we talked about the Board pre-title room. up yeah. as like epic and the best, but like I mean, I think like no matter how not much really you two moment, talk down but... on Spectre, we all yeah. agree that that part is just terrifying and it's so well shot and it's just mm. yeah uh, to me the boardroom yeah I, i'm gonna agree with that again i feel bad that we're putting something specter in the best but <laughs> it deserves it yes no cool all right yeah um and life's yeah. too short to care and bon- uh <laughs> no time to die bond's, bond, bond's death the cuba fight felix's death yeah but i mean does bond's, bond's death come death. out as the number one hall of fame moment of the whole era i think it probably does yeah, I just definitely. feel so bad that we're going to have to miss the Cuba sequence. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're thinking high, I- iconic Hall of Fame, Bondant, you, I mean, that's maybe. Years, we're remembering that more than. You're talking Cuba about, stuff. like, expect you to talk now, expect you to die, the, the jump off the freaking yeah, Union like Jack. A, we'll go down as a top ten moment, probably. Your top five moment, I would even say. Um, that's it. All right, done. So. Brief little wrap up. We're going to do a whole episode. Our next episode, hopefully, will be uh, who the next Bond is. But I guess, kind of moving forward now, 
just give me one hope. What's one hope for the next era of Bond? Don't talk about actors. That's a whole other episode. I just, a lot, we've touched on a lot in this episode. I, I honestly, I want it to just go back to what we had. Like just standalone films, just a bit of an adventure. Keep some of that ground of realism to an extent, but like just, just go back to Bond. Like just, we don't need it to be MCU style, everything connected, all this kind of stuff. Like, Movie franchises have that place in different franchises, but to me, Bond, like, you experimented. You did what you did with Craig. Cool. Let's just go back to Idris Elba walking into M's office. Here's my mission. Cool, there's a giant space laser. I have to go into space. Fucking, I've got to dress as a clown. Like, whatever. Like, just, just... Back to as a clown. <laughs> Idris Elba as a clown. The Bond 26. Like, that is my wish. Just back... And, like... Life's too short to care. Again, I know we've talked a lot about, like, how do they do this from here? How do they do this? Because they've killed Bond. That's their own beast. This is the sequel to Die Another Day in the fact that he's just he's back to being Bond mission. That's what I want. Um, and, yeah, I think it will work. I think people think, oh, that can't work, kind of, Colin. You are talking about a lot about how movies are made these days. But, like, I don't know. I feel like it would be accepted. You know, Bond's lasted 60 years. We're in the 60th year of James Bond. And 95% of James Bond has been the standalone film. So, yeah, that that's my one wish moving forward into the Idris Elba era. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be nice. I wouldn't mind that. Um, I'm going to go very simple with this. This is maybe almost going to sound like it's too simple. But honestly, I just want a little bit of a shorter gap between movies. That's all I really oh, care yeah. about. I don't want to yes, wait please. even the four years, like even three years. I mean, it would be nice if we got a Bond movie every two years. Uh, and really, it's just it, it'll come down to I think that them picking an actor and locking in a contract from the game. This is why I know it's not going to be some big star. There's a million reasons why it's not going to be Idris Elba or Tom Hardy. The, the main reason being their Racist. age. Uh, but but uh, the fact is they can't crank out movies that quickly anymore and maintain the quality, especially when you're working on actor schedules. The only way we're ever going to get that where we can get a Bond movie every two years is if they can sign some complete unknown from the beginning and say, you are obligated the way that Marvel did it. They, they cast people that nobody cares about. And then the, <laughs> just took my hand off here. I'm Don't trying to hit the treadmill, Cole. <laughs> treadmill didn't do anything Stupid wrong. Treadmill. <laughs> Poor treadmill. <laughs> but, uh, but the Marvel movies, really, if you look at it, like the, the big name actors they hire, like Robert Downey Jr., who was at a point in his career where he couldn't say no to anything. Sorry, bring he, like, up. He had, yeah, exactly. He had to say yes. Uh, you know, even Paul Rudd, like it, nobody cared about Paul oh. Rudd. That was my Paul Rudd impression of saying even Paul Rudd, by the way. Um, <laughs> good, how good are, are you? Paul Rudd. Wow. Is, are you <laughs> saying that we have a, have a shot of being the new Bond? We, if you're desperate enough. Are, I mean, who, are, who are desperate? It, it, the more desperate you are, the better your chances are. But yeah, like that that's how you get these actors to do a movie every six months like, like Marvel does. Uh, and nobody thought about that when they signed Daniel Craig. But the funny thing is that was their original intention because if, if everybody remembers, Quantum of Solace was originally, they had the release date set for only 18 months after Casino Royale came. No, Casino Royale was what, November uh, of 2006. They had a release date of the summer of 2008 originally. Uh, so they wanted to do that. So I, that would be my biggest wish is so let's crank these movies out quick. It's also a lot easier to forgive a bad movie if you know that you're going to get another one in two years and not six years. Hire someone that doesn't complain as much too. Jesus Christ, you're fucking James Bond, Daniel Craig. Get out or hurt my knee. Like, pff, fucking deal with it, mate. 
He did. He filmed the whole movie with the broken knee. Yeah, well, good for you, but don't fucking complain. Oh, boo-hoo, I hurt my knee. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> You're James freaking Bond, all right? Jesus. I mean, you hang out with Billy Magnuson. You're living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> we could only dream of that. You're married to Rachel uh, Weisz. Oh, your life is so hard. Poor <laughs> Daniel Craig. I mean... I mean, Ben's being a bit dramatic with the hurt your knee, but he's kind of onto something. Like, hire someone who wants to do the job. How uh, someone Daniel who like Craig- brings energy? Like, we like sorry to interrupt, but like, like as much as I love Daniel, like it, it is a bit dour when you hear these things. And like, I get it, I get why he's being that way. But like, I recently watched a thing today with Tom Holland, like, and he's. He just seems so passionate about being Spider-Man. Like, I love that. When isn't, an- isn't Tom Holland also the one saying, I don't know if I'm going to do another Spider-Man movie. He's only done three. Yeah, but, like, he's, I think that comes down to contractual things. He's saying he wants to do it, but he just doesn't know. Yeah. Like, I but, think but that's again, what it I don't, is. I feel like every Bond actor, like, they sign these guys. Even Sean Connery. Sean Connery is signed to a five-movie contract, and all he did was complain. As soon, even when he was Brosnan still under that contract, it? all he did was Brosnan complain. never complained. Well, he he's done a lot of complaining. Roger Moore has that. never said a bad word about Yeah, James and Roger Moore. But and Roger Moore is a guy, there you go. Like they have three movies at the end there where he wasn't gonna come he's back the biggest he James Bond fan. But they're the yeah. two. They're the two that we've always pointed out are the ones that openly talk about being Bond and talk it up still to this day. I mean, Dalton's yeah. we don't even know where the fuck he is. He's like disappeared. <laughs> Late well, lazy me, but I mean he's got nothing else. Um, <laughs> I was James Bond. Enough- <laughs> Colin said if they can find an actor desperate enough, maybe they'll get Lazenby back. Um, <laughs> He'd do it. <laughs> the old he would do it. <laughs> he would do it. Uh, no, but, I mean, Ben kind of is onto something. Like, I, I do hope moving forward they get someone who is not, not even passionate, but just, like, we make fun of the slit your wrist thing. But at the end of the day, it's like they Barbara really must have loved Daniel to to not be bothered by that sort of, and a lot of it was sort of tabloid stuff, but I don't think Daniel Craig has openly admitted that even from Casino Royale, he didn't even want to be Bond. So going forward, having an actor who's really passionate for the role, I think would be refreshing. Um, but, but yeah, just the, the fun nature of it. Uh, I want to, I want to see back. I agree with that. I'm, I'm okay with Daniel Craig era was its own thing. And we've now we've got to see how they would do this sort of thing. But I, I guess my one wish, and I agree with Colin more recent, not even two years, three years would be fine. But uh, I guess my two wishes is that it it's more fun. Uh, and James Bond is having fun, but also no expanded universe. Oh yes. And agree with that. It makes me so worried because Star Wars is doing it, Marvel's doing it. I don't want the Nomi film. I don't want the Felix film. I don't want the TV show of Ray Fiennes. Bond is an event, and we don't want it every six years because that kind of kills the the mood of an event. Like that's a bit too long. But every three, four, two years, it's an event. Keep it as an event. Make it this unique piece of cinema. Uh, if the moment we get the expanded universe of Bond, it's not going to kill the franchise, but it's really going to hinder the legacy of the franchise. So that's my other hope going forward. And for the second time this episode, that's a Noah fact with a Ben fact sound. I agree oh, with that completely. Oh, not with a Ben fact sound. Oh. Um, and also more Billy Magnuson. 
would be great moving forward. Bring um, him back. He could be Bond. He could be Money Penny. Behind the scenes tidbit, the reason why our No Time to Die episode went for six hours, every hour signified a year that had passed in between <laughs> Spectre and, and, and no, there you go. Six years is a long time. If that's another six years, Colin will be dead. Ben will be married and divorced. Five more and times. I'll, I will be. Uh, no, we'll still be looking for a date. Coma. I think. Yeah. I still. I still think it's hilarious listening back to our last. You know, six years ago when we were literally saying, "Oh, you know, the next film will probably come out in like 2018, or if it's a bit longer, 2019." Like, I mean, technically, <laughs> it was meant to come out in 2019, but anyway. Uh yeah. So our next episode, as of now, looks like it will be finally discussing who the next James Bond will be. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out because, you know, life and shit and who knows, we might land our exclusive Billy Magnuson interview between now and then finally. So <laughs> bring it on. Uh, subscribe to all of our fun stuff and that. Um, if you're a fan of our other shows, vote for Off the Podium and sportspodcastawards.com. Uh, Noah, have you voted yet? You must have. We're winning. Obviously, your vote counts the most. So thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. I've been voting nonstop. I know you have. So as other people. Uh, and we will be back with the dogs. I don't know what else to say. Uh, my name is Ben and I am Daniel Craig. Oh, my turn. Uh, and my name is Colin and I have the memory of Kincaid. <laughs> my name is Noah and I'm with Billy Magnuson now. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. A. Go right to the source and ask the horse, he'll give you the answer that you endorse. He's always on a steady course. Talk to Mr. A. People yakety-yak the streak and waste your time a day. But Mr. Ed will never speak unless he has something to say. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and this one will talk to his voice is horse. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. I am Mr. Ed. This has been a Filmways television presentation.